0: Blood Talk Radio
1: It's time to strap our boots on This is the perfect day to die Wipe the blood out of our eyes
2: The song tonight, our opening song, we've had since 2012, and sitting here listening to it, Rush Limbaugh could not have more embodied everything you've just heard in that song uh, than almost anyone I can think of. That's that's not you know a military soldier because he did fight on. Fight for conservatism, fighting for uh, America. Uh, literally till literally till the end. Um of course you know I'm sure you heard the news that uh Rush passed this morning. Uh, so tonight we're gonna have a honor him. Uh it's going to uh that that's what tonight's show's about. I mean, we're, we're going to talk, you know, about some other things. Um, mostly this. Of course, we know that you know, President Trump was acquitted. Uh, there, that is the time to celebrate for that. Um, but today, the world lost a great conservative icon and a great man in Rush Limbaugh. Uh, so Bart's Logic could it take uh, this time to honor uh, the one man who, who brought back AM radio. Uh, he led the way for conservative commentators. Uh, journalists, uh, TV podcasters uh, such as myself, and the conservative movement. Uh, he was instrumental in the Republican Party uh, taking back the House of Representatives, paving the way for Newt Gingrich. Uh, Rush was one of the first conservatives to embrace uh, candidate Trump uh, in his bid for election for the president of these United States. Uh, he was a stalwart, uh, Rush was a stalwart defender of Trump's presidency because he knew before most conservatives uh, that Donald Trump would be an American, fir- American first president. Limbaugh was a patriot who loved America and always liked, and we know for those who listen to him, uh, talk about American exceptionalism. Uh, He he pushed America to be self-reliant and remind American citizens our nation is still the world's best hope for a prosperous future, and today we lost the national treasure. Now, um, with great sadness, as you can probably tell, and uh, tear-filled eyes. The host here and, and us tonight, so are going to remember rush uh I remember listening for thirty years of listening to him on the radio. He, as well as many many americans uh and me personally feel like we've lost a very good and irreplaceable friend rush will be sorely, miss, sorely missed and I try to find some solace in that, uh, in the, the quote. And I'm actually, and, uh, you know, cause everyone here knows who I am a, uh, you know, a, 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 Star Trek fan and so there's a quote I'll play later that, uh, at the end of the show that, that gives me solace. I think that's a good way to end, uh, the, the, the show tonight. And, uh, It's kind of a send-off. Now, one thing we need to do, um, and before I get to that, I'm backtracked a little bit, but we'll also have tonight on the show – President Trump, of course, made some comments. He he called in the Hannity. We don't have that audio, Uh, but we do have one where uh, President Trump was interviewed in regards to Trump – I mean in regards to Rush. And some of the things he said about him, and you'll hear in the audio, because we are going to play that interview in its entirety tonight. It's about 12, 13 minutes. He said – this is what President Trump said of uh, Russia. His fight was very courageous. Uh, He was a very brave man, a great man. Um, Rush was also very gracious, and he was a legend, and he is irreplaceable. Now, we know that Rush, he fought the good fight uh with, with with his cancer um and again almost, you know his last show was February second so almost up to the day that we no longer you know have him physically here now, as I stated earlier, you know president Trump's been acquitted, we fought the fight there and and that is a cause for celebration uh and, and we'll talk again some about that tonight. But after that, the celebration's over, and it's time we fight. And we need and we must uh, fight as Rush fought, and he fought with bravery and determination. And I believe the the best way to honor Rush is to continue that fight for America. I've got some my own stories that I'm going to tell about, uh, you know, Rush. Uh, some good, some, <laughs> some bad, you know. Uh, but that's going to be, you know, our show tonight, and th- that—that's what it's about. This is this is, you know, my tribute. Uh, uh, it's and, and you, the show is rarely ever about. It's about Rush, but it's also my experiences, my thoughts, my um, and my feelings about them. Of course, yours too. Who's going to call in and talk tonight? But that 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 that's what that's what it is. It's rarely about uh, about us. It, it, about you know, about especially me about you know what what I feel about some things, but. Uh, I, I was hit hard, um, as you probably can tell. Um, yeah, uh, when I heard the news this afternoon, I, I, you know, I wept. That's what America and, and, and myself have, have lost today. Um, anyway, I feel like I lost a very good friend. And I do have uh joseph on the line. thank you very much joseph uh for coming on appreciate it uh if we will have some more of our uh our panelists and callers in tonight for this uh this very special episode um I almost feel like I should be apologetic for my um my demeanor here on tonight's program but you know what i'm not i'm- i' just not but go ahead, Joseph. Uh, thank you for coming to
3: the you, show. You're welcome. You um, you shouldn't have to be. Um, we um, today we lost um, an icon of the uh, conservative movement. We lost the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. of um, the conservative movement. Uh, he's irreplaceable. Um, he will. He's like the he was like the babe Ruth of talk radio and conservatism and um it's uh, it's a very sad day uh, I remember um texting you over the weekend uh, when Trump was vindicated uh by not being impeached and uh, after I heard about his death today which we knew was coming um, I think it was uh whenever someone passes it's, it's 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 never easy, especially when you care for that person so much but at least I'm glad rush got to um, got to see history in the making on saturday I'm glad rush got to live to see justice being served when Trump was acquitted. Because what a lot of people don't know is um, Rush and Trump had a very close personal relationship only when um, Trump became a candidate. What a lot of people don't know is that Rush Limbaugh was one of the very few people to come from the very beginning and throw his whole weight and support around then-candidate Trump in 2015. And uh, they got to know each other on a very personal level. From then, they built and forged a very a very uh, strong relationship and a, more of a brotherhood. And um, I was shocked as hell, but Trump actually called into the Sean Hannity show on Fox, probably the only commentator that Trump would feel comfortable in doing so. And... Um, So today we mourn uh, an icon, and uh, we mourn somebody who, while he was fighting through the cancer and the treatments, which we all know is not an easy process, what he loved the most was his audience. He lived to wake up every day and go on his show and speak to his audience. He always loved and he always revered.
4: And he had
3: a wonderful wife who tremendously loved him and stood by his side the whole time and and a wonderful family. And um, uh, I'm pretty much speechless at this point. Uh, Even though we knew he was diagnosed with uh, uh, terminal lung cancer a year ago, I I, I guess we... um, it's kind of hard when it actually finally happens. You know, when you know someone is going to die ahead of time, I I guess you don't really come... I guess it doesn't feel surreal. And the fact that you know a person is going to die, but you don't think that way until it just actually happens. And I think that's what happened to a lot of people today when his wife uh, went on the show... And publicly let his loyal listeners and his base know that um, he passed away. And all I can say, Robert, is he's at the pearly gates of heaven. And um, he's at the pearly gates of heaven. And um, I know he's smiling above. And I know he would want us to continue to fight. If he could say something right now. I know in my heart of hearts, he'd be saying right now to all of us, if you want to honor my memory, continue to fight, continue to fight to ensure that our great country, who we always believed in our country and he fought for our country, will always remain the land of the free and the home of the brave. And um, I don't want to get too emotional, so I'll, uh,
5: I'll defer back to you, Robert
2: yeah and um no i agree i mean i was it, it was hard for me as well i mean, I heard it you know during, around, close to my lunch break, and you know about it i i even was thinking you know am I going to be able to go back to lunch? i mean i mean am i going to be able to you know go to uh to lunch today or you know or go back to work after lunch day is terrible um but of course i did um Cause I figured, you know it's like well, you know he would just like it is like oh you want you want to soldier on uh to do that, and I mean, and I do got the interview which um i, I believe I uploaded it uh so what uh I'll be uh <laughs> yeah it's um you can't steal my freedom uh says Russ, Russ is wiping his forehead, uh got out that one uh saying uh Hate on Earth or something. So yeah, there's there's a lot uh, a lot going on, and I do have uh, again I, speech uh, or the interview that that Trump gave. At least I, I thought I uploaded. I do have it. I, if if it hasn't uploaded, uh, then I'm going to make sure that, it, you know, I, I get it. But um, but I do have uh, Catherine Limbaugh's statement uh, here. Uh, Thank you, you can't steal my freedom. Yeah, you know, we, we all you know we love there's people who hate it rush, there's people who love them. That that's the uh that's a sign of any great person, right? Um you'll you'll get both. Uh but you know, we you know, we do have the the statement from uh from Catherine Limbaugh. And so Oh I know you meant it I know you meant it in a good way, you can't steal my freedom. I know you meant uh I know you meant, you know, love Russ too in a good way, but we, we, I, I was almost the reason I said it the way I did is I almost was going to say well everybody loved Russ, but we know that's not true. <laughs> we know that's not true, um, but uh, we know we did. And uh, since you brought it up, uh, I don't know if anyone who's, who's had the opportunity uh, to hear her full statement, uh, but I do have it here, um, and I'll use that time to. Uh, you know cuz i do have the interview from uh from trump on fox news today about about him um, i have that as well so let me go ahead and uh and and i'll play her statement uh, did you hear her whole her whole statement uh joseph
3: uh i i i did it literally brought me to tears i i did um she did spend uh a good 10 to 15 minutes, I believe, on the show, um, uh, as 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 his listeners would want it to be. And I think that's the way Rush would, would have wanted it to be. And um, it just shows you the personal connection that they both had with their audience. And what we've been talking about for weeks about one of the biggest problems of the GOP is that the establishment politicians, they, they loathe us. And you ask yourself, why would you hate your own base that puts you in power? And and, and, and Rush Limbaugh and his, his beautiful wife, they revered their, their supporters. They, they 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 revered them, they loved them. Um their world revolved around them. And they were so appreciative and so grateful for their supporters. And um so I think it was a wonderful tribute, and I think if anyone was gonna let his listenership and his base know, she was the right person to do so. And I honestly think that that was probably one of Russia's wish. So yeah, I I, I did hear it. Um, it actually made me cry. Yeah, even more. I only
2: got like five but, minutes. So you you said it was like fifteen minutes because I guess I don't have the whole clip. <laughs>
3: I I could be wrong. I mean, then again, you know, when you're um, upset and you're emotional, sometimes you may think that things are longer said. Um, You know, I wasn't really thinking straight because I was just so conflicted with all these emotions. And, you know, even though we knew he had a terminal illness, you just don't really think about it until that day comes. And I didn't know it was going to be today. Um, But... Uh, you know, it probably was just five minutes, but I mean, she only made one statement on, on the actual show. So whatever you would have, then it would, it, it would be accurate. If it was just five minutes, uh, it was, but I guess when, when you're so upset, at least for me, I, I, I really wasn't paying much attention to, to time. I was just listening wow. to her heartfelt words um, and just only imagining what she must be feeling but the fact that she had the courage, having lost her husband, to get on that microphone
2: That's and to true. say a
3: final goodbye on behalf of her husband—exactly—it's just a, a further testimony of, you know, if the GOP and other political parties want to figure out the blueprint to success, you know where you start. You start by adoring your base, and treating them with the respect, the love, and the humility they deserve. They should start there because without the people, they wouldn't be in power.
2: Well, and that's, that, that is something cer- uh, certainly most uh, most politicians have uh, have forgotten about, and, and that's it. Yeah, the, the, the grace that, that she was able to hold up he held up better than, the, than when I did on my my uh, opening comments um, there. I mean, I was, I was I know I was getting choked up just going over my opening comments for for, for tonight's episode. Just um, you know, I mean, I remember, and I, we will not get to that audio. And the reason why I know it's like five minutes is because the five minutes and twenty five seconds is staring me in the face on. Uh, you know, on the counter with how long, the, how long the audio clip is. That's the only way I even know um, that that is. And then, but I mean, I remember the day when even more so than the day he actually announced it, uh, you know, about the cancer is that when he said, uh, and I don't remember the date, you know, uh, that's probably something I, I pushed on my mind, but I could find it. Um, uh, is I remember the day uh, the when I was listening to a show when he said I never saw I mean, I'm paraphrasing I'm, I'm not quoting but most of these words are, are, are what he said. He's like you know when I basically when he began you know his treatments um, that you know he never saw the diagnosis as a death sentence until like that day or recently. He I mean, he goes yeah, he goes all this time I was fighting because i never um I guess something was a development he didn't give a lot he didn't give a lot of details on the show that day. I don't think he ever gave like real big details like that but um you know, but he did i, I think maybe the doctors gave him said you know the news said well, we can't cure this, we can only prolong things um i think he they, I'm speculating on that, but all I re- the, the thing I remember the most is him saying that I've never saw you know this diagnosis is a is a a death sentence until now um so some some kind of information was probably given and and then when i had, i mean i knew something was coming i mean as you said uh, joseph you you kind of feel it coming but when it happens it's still a surprise um and and that is uh you know, when we you there were the, the guests hosts were like, Oh yeah, you know, he's he's, you know, been taking his treatments, be coming back and this and but he but he didn't. And usually, you know, he'd take uh, a couple of days, he'd work a couple of days, but it it was a couple of weeks uh that he that he was that he hosted a show. Uh because uh, February second, um and I've got an article I'm gonna read later. Um you know if we get to it but that you know, I, I kind of had a feeling okay, what's well been you know, they, the thing is coming on, he's not, something's probably not too good. And, and my concern, um, especially after you know, the sixth, and we were going through, and you're right, I'm glad he did get to see uh, Trump be vindicated, uh, with being acquitted. Uh, I, I do wonder how much, um, and I know you know, Russ very strong. But when 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 the election was stolen from us, um, that may be concern concerned for for Rush, uh, because one, uh, there was another episode that he, he had on where he said uh, we knew we and he talked about the steal. He's like we we knew this was coming, we knew that they were going to do this, and there was nothing we can do about it, and so. And you know, Rush didn't talk a lot about his feelings, uh, hardly ever. You know, as the you know, same he, as I don't. Um, him maybe even more so than me. Um, but and, and he didn't talk about his feelings on this. But he, when he said, you know, we knew this was coming, we knew the steal was going to happen, and yet we couldn't do nothing about it. And I you wonder. It was and so
3: heart wrenching. No, yeah, I so what about that? Took, I I, what no. about took on him? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, no, no, you you go ahead. I was just gonna say, what was so heart wrenching was on February 2nd of uh, 2020, uh, before the world got shook upside down, uh, he was awarded the Presidential uh, Medal of Freedom, which is the highest honor that could be bestowed upon a citizen. And when you look at the clip you see Nancy Pelosi so enraged with hate and vitriol that she's literally almost ripping the pages of whatever she had next to her.
2: That was the two thousand yeah, yeah, that was the twenty nineteen that was yeah, that was the twenty twenty State of the Union that happened. And correct. she did rip it up.
3: Correct. And um you know, like you said, um Rush had people who revered him and loved him and saw him for who he was and those who wouldn't love him if he came up with the cure for cancer himself yesterday or the, the perfect vaccine that will work for COVID. Um, sometimes I wonder, Robert, if as a civilization we've lost We've lost any any more humanity there There's just so much hate in, in in this world. You wonder if there's any room left for humanity and I get it. you know um, One can disagree with somebody because of uh, political beliefs or maybe they like different sports teams or maybe. One praise to Allah and one praise to God. But to have to hate someone with vitriol or wish their death because of a differing view, it, it just shows how far we've come uh, down the slippery slope and in, 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 in the worst way of just losing humanity in today's civilization. There's more hate than there's love. And that's just oh, because that. I've been living. saying that for a long time. You're right. Exactly. And so, an interesting question was posed today when Newt Gingrich was on Carlson What will history remember Rush Limbaugh to be? And Newt Gingrich said something very interesting. And he said, Well, it depends who's writing history. And those words just struck a chord with me because I understood what he meant. Do we mean those who are going to try to rewrite history to fit their narrative or those who are going to rewrite history so that it aligns with the truth? But one thing I will say, and I know I don't want this to become a cliche in your show, is when all is said and done, Rush Limbaugh will be remembered to have stood on the right side in history because he was a true American patriot and he always fought for American freedom. And conservatism, and nobody can ever take that away from him. Nobody, not even if they try. And I'll defer back to you, my good friend. No, and,
2: and you're right. No, 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 they cannot. And yeah, and, and I, I've been saying that for a long time too. There's so much hate. What uh, you can't steal my freedom in the chat you mentioned is, you know, the, you know there is a lot of hate, um, and I don't know if, yeah, how we could get back. I mean that, one of the reasons I stayed off, on, stayed off Twitter and Facebook today purposely is because I know getting on social media how much hate I, was, I would have been inundated with saying bad things about, about Trump, I mean about, about Rush. And that would, have just, that would have just enraged me, and I, I wouldn't have been able – I probably wouldn't have been able to contain myself um, but you know, as promised, I am going to uh, play that audio from Kathleen Ball uh, with her announcement uh, this morning, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll continue on with uh, our, our comments here. What we'll start off with is you know just if you could tell me why you picked the Constitution party. audio, folks. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the wrong audio clip. I apologize. Let me key up the right one.
6: Gentlemen, Catherine Limbaugh.
7: Hello, everyone. I know that I am most certainly not the Limbaugh that you tuned in to listen to today. I, like you, very much wish Rush was behind this golden microphone right now welcoming you to another exceptional three hours of broadcasting. For over 32 years, Rush has cherished you, his loyal audience, and always look forward to every single show. It is with profound sadness I must share with you directly that our beloved Rush, my wonderful husband, passed away this morning due to complications from lung cancer. As so many of you know, losing a loved one is terribly difficult, even more so when that loved one is larger than life. Rush will forever be the greatest of all time. Rush was an extraordinary man, a gentle giant, brilliant, quick-witted, Genuinely kind, extremely generous, passionate, courageous, and the hardest working person I know. Despite being one of the most recognized, powerful people in the world, Rush never let the success change his core or beliefs. He was polite and respectful to everyone he met. Even most recently, when he was not feeling well in the hospital, he was so appreciative to every single doctor and nurse and custodian and first responder. He never wanted to put anyone out and always thanked them profusely for their help. From today on, there will be a tremendous void in our lives and, of course, on the radio. Rush loved our miraculous country beyond measure, an unwavering patriot. He loved our United States military, our flag, our constitution, our founding fathers. He proudly fought and defended conservative values in a way that no one else can. Rush often stood up and took arrows on his own because he knew it was the right thing to do. Rush encouraged so many of us to think for ourselves, to learn and to lead. He often said, it did not matter where you started or what you look like. As Americans, we all have endless opportunities like nowhere else in the world. Rush gave us hope that through hard work and determination, we can overcome the obstacles in our lives and be our best. Many of you started small businesses or pursued personal dreams because Rush gave you the faith that you could. He made the most complex issues simple to understand while making that level of genius look easy. It most certainly was anything but easy. Irreplaceable, remarkable talent. On behalf of the Limbaugh family, I would personally like to thank each and every one of you who prayed for Rush and inspired him to keep going. You rallied around Rush and lifted him up when he needed you the most. I am certain, without a shadow of a doubt, if he could be here today, he would be. He loved you, and he loved this radio program with every part of his being. Instead, we know our rush is in heaven, encouraging us in the same way he always did on earth. Rush's love for our country and belief that our best days are ahead live on eternally. In Russia's honor, may we all continue Russia's mission in our individual lives and communities. I know all of you listening are terribly sad. We all are. I'm terribly sorry to have to deliver this news to you God bless you, Rush, and God bless
6: our country.
8: This year has reminded us of the.
6: Gentlemen, Catherine Limbaugh.
2: I'll tell you what, it, it, the, it amazes me the strength that you hear in her voice. I mean, the strength it must have taken uh, for her to be able to, to do that. I mean just within hours um just within hours of, of her husband uh passing away she's able to, to, to steal herself and and to get on air and 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 do that uh it's 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 amazing. I mean again she <laughs> she had better composure than I did you know, reading my opening statements uh you know she 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 definitely uh you know, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, I I wish I had that, uh, uh, fortitude. You, um, like that, the strength, that's, that is amazing. And, and, you know, what, one of the things, uh, what to bring up is, uh, you know, now, you know, you, you mentioned Martin Luther King early in the show, Joseph. Uh, but now I kind of feel like I, I know what, uh, you know, people, how they felt with JFK. Uh, you know, was you know, and you mentioned Martin Luther King, but for me, it you know, I I was in a, a, alive when JFK was assassinated, but I can imagine now what people felt because with JFK, and I can understand why with JFK, that they felt a lot of hope for America, and I I mean I, I feel the same way with with Rush because he is irreplaceable, and when he was first diagnosed a year ago. And, and we all ponder when well, we hear those type of things because we know about cancer. Personally, I think there's a cure out there. That they just don't want us to have it. But um, you you start wondering what what will the world what would the world be without Rush Limbaugh? What would the radio be, you know, with, without Rush Limbaugh? And We'll still have his words, um, but we won't, you know, we won't have him physically anymore. And what's that going to be like? So I'm sure, you know, we've we've all pondered it. Um, I know I did. Um, and to not
3: inspire.
2: really thinking about the reality of it. And now, and now here it is.
5: Absolutely. It's one of those
2: things addressed that's going to come and it does actually when it does. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. I I think uh, his memory and his legacy will forever live on, uh, as did Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., which is why I brought him up as a prime example. To this very day, his memory is still instilled on the movement he created, and you're right. I mean, he's irreplaceable, but I think that his memory and his legacy will allow the conservative movement to continue to move on, even though Rush— Is no longer with us in human form, but he's forever embedded in our hearts and souls, and in our spirits.
2: Yeah, and I, um, you know, kind of brings it back when I first uh, was first listening to Rush, and you know, I mean, I remember, (laughs) I, I, you know, I liked what he had to say. Um, but when I remember when I first listened to Rush Limbaugh, I guess this was back in the eighties or nineties. I think it might have, uh been nineties, I think maybe. So I mean, I didn't get him the first like few years. I think it's been about two and a half decades that, that I've been listening to him. About you know, I don't know if I was with you know listening the full thirty years of stuff he's been doing, but you know, you know the the radio. But um, I know that at least was the uh, the mid nineties. I remember I was doing landscaping and get grass cutting. first started off uh cutting grass and i you know when, when you're cutting grass you you' i got headphones in right and I always liked talk radio and so my brother'd be listening to music and i'd I'd be listening to talk radio he'd be on the 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 big riding mower and he'd have his you know music going and I would have my my talk radio going and <laughs> i remember i you know I liked listening to what Rush had to say But as a person I really wasn't that Fond of Rush uh, When I first started listening to him as a person You know I thought he was kind of uh, I mean back then I, thought, I kind of thought He was a pompous ass <laughs> But then uh, but then, The more I listened to him The more you know a lot of the Self aggrandizement that you would Hear him do was just it was You know tongue in cheek Kind of sort you know sort of I mean it's one of those persons that you know he knew he was talented. He knew his accomplishments and he knew, you know, what he was going, you know, that he had a great future. Cause I remember, I mean, this was back in the mid nineties. So, um, but then the, the more I listened to him, you know, the more I felt like I began to, to uh, know him as, as a person. I mean, I listened to him practically every day. I mean, um, you know, every day is on the radio, you know what I mean? And over that time, over decades, I mean, you really get to know somebody. And you know, when i was saying today, talking talk to with people, and you know, I mean, I, I actually recently this year, um, and, and I don't know what it is. I don't, I, I don't know what I mean. Well, I, I, it, you know, I've had people, you know, even recently, I had an uncle uh, who passed away. I'll be honest, I wasn't very close with him, but he was still blood. And I don't know, what. I find it odd, interesting, but it makes sense to me all all at one, is I felt worse today. With I felt a sense of loss worse today than I felt when my uncle passed away, or even other aunts and uncles. I come from a pretty big family. Um, But a close family, but big. And I I was pondering, you know, I've lost aunts. I've lost uncles. Um, And I probably haven't – I wasn't – and, and, and again, I mean, I wasn't as affected by their passing. I didn't feel that sense of loss uh, with their passing as I did with Rush today. And I, I don't know why that is yet. I mean, I've got an idea um, that I, – I, I mean, I knew, them as, I knew them as people. I certainly knew them personally and, and longer than, than Rush, but I don't think that they impacted my life as much as Rush did. They're, they're, they're kin, right? They're my blood. They're my aunts and uncles. Um, but I, I felt my life. More impacted by Rush Limbaugh than them. Um, so, and also, I mean, and, and, and when I was 15, as um, I don't talk a lot about myself on this show, um, but tonight's going to be different. Is that, you know, when I was 15, my dad had a massive stroke. And it was to the point where did, he, he he survived it, but being a you know besides showing his strength, and he is I still think my father's a very strong man, both men, you know mentally and physically i mean he had a stroke when he was 56 he's ninety um, you know he, you know he, he's ninety, so um i mean his his mental strength and fortitude is something to be uh replicated for sure. Um, so I know, what, and in that way, you know, my, my dad has shown me strength and how to be strong um, through adversity. But beyond that, when it came to you know teaching a young, a, a, you know, a, a young teenager and a a young man to be a man and you know self, you know, self reliance and you know uh, personal responsibility and things of that nature. Um, I didn't. I didn't have that it, 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 as a young, you know, as a teenager, and as a, uh, you know, in a, a young man, and you know, and I, and, you know, and, but then, you know, in, in the eighties and nineties, so I guess it was the eighties. I, I start listening to Rush, um, but, you know, and, and you know, but you know, listening to uh, listening to Rush, and. Hear him talking about you know personal responsibility self reliance um, I learned a lot of those things you know, and this ain't trying to sound sexist, but you know growing up to this was you know growing up to be a man, right this is what a man <laughs> man do you know I mean I, again, so I got it from both you know my father, of course, up until I was fifteen, but I didn't have any type of guidance for that, and I would just hear some of the things you know, and it was inadvertent I mean you know Trump would rarely not Trump. I mean uh Rush would rarely you know, talk about those as topics but those type of topics would find their would find their way um maybe lessons I should say. Maybe those lessons would find their way somehow in, in Rush's Russia's topics. And what when he's talking about whatever his, his topic was. So you know a part of who you know I, I feel like a part of who I am today is is because of Rush. Um and perhaps doing self-analysis there, um, maybe that's why. Again, I feel like I had this such a of loss um, because that that's how much you know. And I, and I really it's subconscious. I never really realized that. Um, I didn't realize that you know that the Rush Limbaugh meant that much to me in that way. I mean, I knew I'd be upset. I knew I'd be like. I knew there'd be a sense of loss because. The loss, what I mean, he's a national treasure. I mean, I I, I knew I'd feel a loss on the radio. I would, I felt, I knew I was going to feel a loss from uh, his voice, Uh, you know, being on the radio. I mean, just you know, live, you know, talking different subjects of the day, and you know, listen to his take on, you know, what was what was happening in the day, you know, politically uh, with America, and I knew that was going to feel a loss that way. Like wow, I mean, as I said earlier, you know, you're gonna you ponder, well, what's the, you know, what's it gonna be like? What's the radio gonna be like, without Rush Limbaugh being on it? You know, so I knew I was gonna feel uh, a sense of loss for that, and I was kind of prepared for that, not not really. I was definitely less prepared for that than I thought, but what I was even more Uh, more or less prepared. I know that don't don't make sense, but I think in this context, you know what I'm saying. I was even less prepared. That's grammatically more correct, I guess, is the personal – I mean the the, the literal personal loss that I felt today uh, when hearing about Russia's passing. Um, That I wasn't ready for. That I wasn't prepared for. That I didn't even know was there in my, I guess, subconscious somewhere. Where, you know, I was talking to tonight, and, you know, you you feel that, that emptiness in your chest when you lose somebody. And, you know, somebody you're close to, you, you feel that. It's, it's almost a physical feeling with that. And when I've had other people, in my even in my family, I said my aunts and uncles that happened, I, I didn't feel that. But today, I, I literally felt that personal sense of loss uh, with uh, – you know, hearing about hearing about Rush today, and you know, I I I still I still feel it, and I you know, and I didn't really understand why actually until I verbalized it today, because you know, I really never gave that you know a lot of thought. I'm just kind of like, I don't know, I, I don't know what you know, but anyway, again, I I normally don't do this, uh, Joseph. I I've talked a, a while, you know. I've, We do got some other callers. If you'd like to chime in, push one in the number dial. If you're out in the chat and you want to talk about your, you know, personal experiences, positive, of course, Um, you know, there is always a chance that that the people come in and, because, you know, we've had it, Joseph, you know, we've had people come in and and, and try to disrupt our show. And a lot of times I would let them, you know, just let them talk. You give them freedom for that, but that certainly will not be, you know, allowed. Actually, I mean, this show, going me be honest with you, this episode is personal to me. Um, the other episodes aren't. I mean, I don't even name Bard's Logic after myself for a reason. Um, but th- this, th- this episode was so personal to me that I didn't even promote it tonight. I didn't put it on you know, social media. I didn't put it on other platforms that I promote the show. Because as you know, Joseph, sometimes we get haters on the show. Sometimes we get disruptors on the show. And of, uh, all, the, I, uh, I of agree. all, yeah, and of all the episodes that I don't want, I didn't want to take a chance of that happening, is this one. And I've been doing this, as you know, since 2012. And so I, I did promote. I did promote. I mean, I told our panelists, and we'll see if they, you know, other panel, are able to come in and, and and show their, you know, you know, share with us the way you know you and I are. So we'll see. Um, they know about it. I, I sent out messages, but it, I, I kept it very small because, again, this
3: episode's very personal to me. Jeez, Robert, um, in the time I've gotten to know you, um, you're an amazing individual. You have a wonderful heart. You always try no, to be the best that. in people. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You're welcome. You, you did this show for a reason. You did this show so you could give people a platform, people a voice. And uh, I think in in very similar ways, Rush was the pioneer of that, but Rush inspired a lot of people on radio like yourself and other people like Mark Levin, uh, Glenn Beck, Kennedy, Yourself, I think that's what he did. He was an inspiration and inspired other people to not fall in his footsteps, but to extend that torch, extend that mantle. And I normally don't really reference Newt Gingrich a lot, uh, not because I have anything against him, it's just I don't, but Newt Gingrich's Said something, and I quote Authenticity is at the heart of freedom. You have to be an authentic person if you're going to be truly free. And he was talking about how Rush never tried to inspire people to be the next version of Rush, he inspired people to be the best version of themselves. And I think that's what set him apart. I think that's what put him above the fray no that's connection yeah that's very
2: true yeah that's very i i i do i believe that's very accurate um thats that's a great way of yeah that's a great way of putting it yeah, he, he wasn't saying hey emulate, emulate me, you know be me um not that we could um uh, <laughs> but you know it, it, and but that's not why he said you know. Don't I mean? I mean don't be me because you can't. You know, he didn't say that. I mean he might have alluded stuff like in jest, you know. But you're right. I I think he's you know you you know, as I said, he all, he, he talked about, you know, you know, personal responsi American exceptionalism. And he also talked about the exceptionalism of the individual. You know, and how people can be, you know, you know, people can be exceptional. And yeah, he really brought he, he you know, he really brought that out. Uh you know, people and, and I don't sure know and, and, and I've been following I've been following, you know, politics and you know, for a long time and speakers and things of that nature and uh I mean I, I don't know anyone else who 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 could do it, you know, ju- you know, quite like uh you know, the way Russia.
3: I think it's irreplaceable. Sure I mean other um, I mean, people
2: say that it's it's not just a saying
3: exactly it's it's not just a, a cliche it, it actually him being irreplaceable it it actually has meaning behind it because I, I know i know a lot of people will tend to say those words when some, when they're mourning someone but this is not just another cliche it actually had real real relevance and meaning and on one of his last shows rush limbaugh said something pretty astounding And he said that he's the luckiest man to be alive because throughout the – from the time that he announced that he was diagnosed, he just got an outpouring of love and support from everyone. And he said, because of that, I'm the luckiest man alive. And I think that was one of the last things he said in one of his last shows.
2: yeah and uh and I do have an article that actually talks about and we're going to get to that later this evening
4: um
2: is that you know his last episode was uh on february second and i mean the way i mean he ended the show um like he did every other show i don't i don't even know i mean either he did, either he did great in hiding it uh, about the, the February second being his last show, or when, and I, what I think is accurate—I I don't know the truth of it—but what I think is accurate is he. I don't think he knew on February second that that it was going to be his last show. Uh, so I mean, because his, his, his the the last you know thing he said on his on his show, you know, the one on February second says, "Well, my friends." That's it. And, and, again, you're going to hear these words. going to be very familiar for those who are, uh, you know, regularly listen to uh, his show. says, well, my friends, that's it. Yeah, another excursion into broadcast excellence in the can. Enjoy being with you today. Always do. And look forward to the next time. Um, uh, thanks to Mark Stein, who has been in standby mode all day. Wasn't sure I was going to be able to. To go today, uh, and then each hour I had to assess, but we made it. Thank you, Mr. Stein. See you all next time that 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 's what he said that that, that was his, the last paragraph that he said you know on on his show um, and so either he was hiding it well, which i don 't think that's i don't think that 's Trump. not trump i don 't like him saying trump i well probably, I know why we talk about Trump a lot here, but um I don't think that's I don't think that's Russia's personality to hide stuff from, from us, you know. So I think it might be more than likely that I I, I think that because I have known people who who's passed from cancer, and they can be doing well, and then all of a sudden something happens, and then it just within a very short period of time, um, you know that they're gone. So I wonder if he I mean he may not have known on February, and we may get more. Information later, we may not and frankly i don't I don't care either way whether we find or not that 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 that's personal. I would like to know to be honest, but if we don't um that's not gonna that's not going anger me um i would have you know I'd like to know but it's not going to anger me, but the way it sounded from that i mean at least to me it sounded like he didn't know that that was going to be his last show, so I kind of wonder if you know just something hit you know real hard. And uh, you know, and those up those those last coming weeks, um, you know. So I, I mean, I don't know, but I, I it doesn't sound again. it Doesn't sound like to me that, you know, he knew that was going to be his last episode.
3: I I agree. I don't I don't think he himself knew. Um, cancer runs very strong on my mother's side of the family. I've witnessed four aunts die of them. Um. The chemotherapy you have to endure is really takes a toll on you, and yet he his bucket list was out of anything he could choose his bucket list was to continue going on on the show on his show uh, and um I don't think he knew. Um like you said, i've experienced family members who died, and uh you know one day you're okay, and then the next day you could you could be in the i c u just like that you slip just like that um, so i don't know um um I I, I I i maybe we'll never know if he he really knew or he sensed it or he felt it. But even if he did, uh, you you said it best. His message was, you know, I'll I'll, I'll see you next time. So I, I don't think he had any intentions of uh, making that uh, his last statement. But that's just uh, that's just uh, a belief that you know that's just uh, my gut feeling. Uh, I don't know what your gut feeling is on that, Robert.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that, I think perhaps, um, you know, he was full intended uh, to be back on. And I think other people, you know, because, I mean, they'll be like, you know, you know, Rush just had a bad spot with his treatment. You know, he's just, he's hoping to come back, um, you know, in the next couple of days or something like that. So I'm just wondering if just something quickly happened, you know? Or who knows? Maybe, maybe he's, uh, you know it was time and he's getting frozen, and so they just said now it 's the best time to do it uh, and then, then he's getting, i i mean i don't think so Rush don't seem like the per kind of person to be cryogenically frozen um uh, he was through my at least through my understanding of it he was a pre- he was a, a devout believer um you know george Catherine say you know he, he you know his belief is is you know he's in heaven, and her belief is he's in heaven. And, and I was even saying this today, ironically enough, and for those who are, um, and, uh, well, yeah, uh, you can't uh, steal my freedom, uh, and the chat says Rush knew, and he knows we're hurting, and he didn't want us to be down, no, I, I agree with that, I mean, sometimes it was painful to hear him, um, but, yeah, that might have been, yeah, that certainly played a part of it, I really would like to know the truth of it, um, uh, but but you know we we don't know but, um, but I mean I, I mean I would even say it today that you know and, and again people who are regulars here on the show know you know I'm 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 not a believer I'm, I'm not, um, but if I were, uh, and you know if there were a heaven then I I could certainly see that he'd be there, <laughs> uh, knowing what I know about you know about Rush and. You know, about heaven and stuff like that. Certainly, he would be somebody who I believe would be, uh, be welcome. Because, I mean, he certainly did fight for uh, those beliefs as well. Not only conservatism, I mean, he really fought for his religious beliefs as well, as, as far as I could see it.
5: Absolutely.
3: And, Robert, I was hoping for our listeners out there, if you could possibly play that clip from uh, Donald Trump on Fox. Uh, Because I think what he had to say um, was very encouraging. Uh, And I think maybe in this time of of deep mourning, I think maybe those words, I'm confident those words will help to uplift our spirits. I was wondering if you could uh, play that clip.
2: Yeah, I do. And then uh, while the clip is playing, um, I have an area code 314. Um, I'd like to get into the show. Um, I'm just going to get you in the green room so if your audio stops, uh, during playing of the uh, of the interview, uh, then i will uh, you know that 's just me to bring it to the green room to, uh, to get your name uh, but yeah so i 'm going to go ahead and cue that up and and we 'll hear that uh, that interview uh, from president trump
4: We are about to be joined, i understand by the president uh, the former president of the United States, so you know gave the Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, in 2020 at the State of the Union Address to Rush Limbaugh. President Trump, are you with me? I am, and it was a great honor to do so.
9: When we gave the uh, Medal of Freedom, it was something special. It was an incredible night. Uh, we gave it during the uh, State of the Union Address, and it was uh, especially half the room. Half the room went crazy. The other half the room, they, do, uh, they knew he should get it. But it was special, and he was special.
6: Mr. President, thank you for joining us. When was the last time you you. spoke with Rush Limbaugh? Uh, Three or four days ago. I'd call him just to find out,
9: you know, his, his fight was very, very courageous, and he was very, very sick. And, you know, from diagnosis on, it was just something that was not going to be beaten, but you wouldn't know it. And he is married to an incredible woman, Catherine, who really... Every time I spoke to him, he he would tell me how great she was. She took such great care. He was very brave. I mean, he in theory could have been gone four months ago. Really, he just he was fighting till the very end. He was a fighter while and just you were, a great general. Yeah,
6: while you were in the White House, how, how did you view how he either carried on your message or uh, chose to agree or disagree with the policies you had as Commander in Chief?
9: Well, first of all, you know, you just had Sean on Sean Hannity, who's incredible, and Sean would say there is nobody like Rush. Sean was the first to say that he, I, I used to say, well, what do you think someday? And he'd say he's irreplaceable. Rush is irreplaceable, unique. Uh, he had an audience that was massive, and you know, he could do something, Bill, and and uh, he would he would get up in the show. And would just talk. He wouldn't take phone calls where, you know, people would call in every two minutes and that's sort of easy to do. He would just talk for two hours and three hours, just talk. And that's not an easy thing to do. And I once asked him, I said, do you study for the show? Or... And he said, actually, I study very hard, <laughs> which which a little bit, Harris said a little bit surprised me, but but he was a fantastic man, a fantastic talent, and uh People, whether they loved him or not, they respected him. They really did.
4: President Trump, if you would stay with us for just about a minute and a half or maybe a little longer, we want to show the day that you gave him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Let's watch that together, and then I have a a follow-up question on the flip side.
9: Okay. And Rush, in recognition of all that you have done for our nation, The millions of people a day that you speak to and that you inspire, and all of the incredible work that you have done for charity, I am proud to announce tonight that you will be receiving our country's highest civilian honor,
2: the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I will now ask the First Lady of the
9: United States to present you with the honor, please.
4: And Catherine, congratulations. And if you are just tuning in, we are joined by President number 45, former President Donald J. Trump. And you saw him there, along with the First Lady, awarding Rush Limbaugh, who has left us today, the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And President Trump, I have always wondered just seeing the look of surprise on Rush's face, what he knew about that moment and what you learned that he was going through in that moment after. He is succumbed to tears, and I was curious, what did he know was coming?
3: So
9: I
4: did tell him beforehand,
9: because we didn't have the uh, really the, the power of not doing it. You know, Rush was very sick at the time. He was at a hospital in Boston, and I didn't want to do the surprise thing. Uh, I, wish, uh, I wish I could have done that, but we really didn't have that. Uh, that that uh, power of doing it because he had to, it was a very difficult thing for him to come into Washington from where he was, and he did it. Mm. And there was questions as to whether or not he was just a very brave guy. He was amazing, and he came in, and it was as he told me, it was the greatest honor of his life. And everybody in the room, uh, you know, you're talking about the Republicans and the Democrats. Yet half of that room went crazy. You remember the evening well, I'm sure. It was a very unique moment. Yeah, in our country's history, in a sense, because of who Rush is, but half went just absolutely crazy. The other half sat totally dead silent, but 100% of that room respected Rush. It was a unique guy, and he was a, a he became a friend of mine. You know, I didn't know Rush at all. I had essentially never met Rush, and then when we came down the escalator, he liked my rather controversial speech i made that speech that was a little bit on the controversial side and he loved it and he was without ever having met him or talked to him or you know had lunch with him or asked him he was with me right from the beginning and he liked what i said and he agreed with what i said and he was just a great gentleman great great man
6: mr president
9: that is such fascinating
4: um, detail that you're giving mr president about how you didn't really know him all that well Yet he became someone who carried your message. Uh, You know, I'm I'm curious to know what you wanted him to know, and maybe you got to tell him in the last three or four days that you spoke about the difference that he made for you.
2: Well,
9: I think he did, and I've heard as many as 39 million people. You know, that's an audience that you don't hear about anymore. And I heard 39 million people. And I don't know if you remember, uh, maybe three or four months ago I did his show, and i heard they had a tremendous audience and it lasted for like a long time the the interview was like an hour and it just went right through and it, it was his questions were fascinating i think the show was fascinating he he had a way of uh he had a, an insight that few people have just few people have even really good ones really pros in your business and by the way you two are some great combination you and bill together harris that's a great combination that that does incredibly well and and we thank you for it we really thank you both for it but he was a very unique guy and uh he had tremendous insight he got it he really got it he was very street smart in a sense and uh A lot of people wouldn't know, but he was very, very street smart. He really got it.
6: Uh, Mr. President, we probably have 100 questions for you, but so many of them are not appropriate for this venue, so we'll keep it on this topic for now, and we appreciate your time today. Uh, Perhaps that street smart came from growing up in the Midwest, in Cape Girardeau in Missouri, along the Mississippi River. Uh, Later, he went on to work for the Kansas City Royals and the Pittsburgh Pirates before he turned his attention full-time to radio in Sacramento, California. But you just said something a moment ago, and Harris picked up on it. Just tell us more about how you two got to know each other. I'm thinking of 2015, the summer, 17 candidates on a stage in Cleveland. At at what point did he concede that you were the guy, and how did that come about?
9: Well, I got a call from a friend of mine who was a big Rush fan, and he said, Rush loves you. I said, I don't see that. You know, I hadn't heard. I'm not able to listen to the radio during the afternoon too much. You're on the trail and you're making speeches or doing whatever you're doing. I was actually making speeches and running a business. I was doing both of them simultaneously, right? And uh he just told me that, and then all of a sudden I started getting a little transcript stuff. I would try to listen every once in a while. He was there right from the beginning, and it was incredible. And then I, I guess I called him just to thank him, and we developed just some very good friendship. We played golf together a little bit. He was a very strong guy, physically very strong, hit the ball a long way. He was
6: uh, He, was, uh, yeah, I, he I, was. I guess tough. the reason I asked that question, you think back about five years ago, You don't strike me as his kind of guy back then. What changed? Well, I don't know. You know, you never know about people. I like some
9: people that nobody would think I like and I dislike some people that Mm -hmm. everybody would say, oh, that's that's a natural. We know we all know about that. Right. Uh, I mean, you never know who you like and who you don't like or, or, you know, where it all ends up. But right from the beginning, he was so great. And. You know, and I, fi- I have a uh, a very beautiful weakness. I always seem to like people that like me, okay? You know, it's much easier. When they don't like me, I tend not to <laughs> go for them so much. Yeah. So call that a strength yeah. or call that a weakness, but but that's the way it is. But Rush yeah. was so gracious and so great. So then over a period of time, I got to know him, and uh, he loved this country. He loved the country. He loved his wife and his family, and he loved his fans, his his audience, which was, I think, Maybe the biggest ever. There's never been anything like it. You know, when Sean says irreplaceable, he really means it too. He's irreplaceable.
6: What did he share with you you after
9: the election? You know, I'm curious, Mr. President. Yes, go ahead, Harris. uh,
4: I'm I'm curious to know if he gave you a note or two or if he had some advice for you at, at any point along the way.
9: So he was, again, it was very early because, you know, that famous escalator ride was the very beginning, and he was one of the yeah. people that said we were going to win. He thought we were going to win. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily the reason he was so, you know, gracious so early, but but he thought we were going to win. Uh, he just had an incredible instinct for politics, and he had an incredible instinct for life. I mean, he he was just, so I just... You know, I walked into a room and there's a lot of people in the room and they're all very sad to see people that you wouldn't even think about, like with respect to Rush. But they're very sad to see that Rush passed away. He's really he is a legend. He really is. There aren't too many legends around, but he was uh, he is a legend. And to those people that listen to him every day, like it was like a religious experience for a lot of people. I mean, his fans, uh, they they just wouldn't miss him. A very very unique person.
6: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Good evening and welcome. Okay, um, we have uh, Bianchi on the line, so we're going to get uh, Bianchi in for uh, some comments. Uh, Bianchi, thank you very much uh, for coming into this uh, into this show tonight, uh, this special episode to honor Rush Limbaugh. Um,
8: go ahead. Well. The follow, President Donald Trump, is a hard act to follow. And really, he he said it all when he said that uh, Rush loved America, as I and you and many others do. And I remember the first time I heard him coming out of St. Louis on KMOX. And when I first heard him, I didn't like him. And it's because uh, it was early on in my process of gaining wisdom and knowledge. But as time went on, I began to understand and be able to reflect what I experienced in life and see changes and see Americans working hard and busting their butts. And, you know, you begin to realize what he's he's saying was heading home. So Donald Trump... Uh, his explanation, his description of Rush Limbaugh is, is right on time. And as I have said before, you know, uh, we have given many, and they're here a short time. So we have to make the best use of what they come here to do. And when they go, we have to continue on. And in this case, we have to continue on to make this country as strong as it possibly can be. That's about all I have to say about him. We'll we
2: keep you in the uh, – you know, your line open, Becky, as long as you like, if you'd like to uh, to chime in. And, and, and as I stated to mean he was only 70 years old. Um, so – and that's young. I mean, when, when my mom passed away, uh, she was only 69. And, you know, we're, we're – you know, I think we're all pretty much younger than that here. Heck, I might even be the oldest person on the call right now, but um, – <laughs> But even that, I mean, you know, you know, years old—that's that's that's young compared to how you know how, you know, late in life, you know, how much older people are, you know, are living. I mean, I know he had, you know, some things in the past that he, you know, he's dealt with. And he's gotten through them, you know, you know, tough as he is, and and to be able to do the the radio, you know, even after his. You know, with with this hearing, it's is amazing, and you know, and, and a lot of the things that you hear, uh, you them say about, um, you know, about Rush. I mean, Trump has, uh, you know, Trump actually has a lot of those same qualities, uh, as, you know, as Rush. Now, of course, you know, again, Rush is irreplaceable. I mean, there, there are a lot in a lot of ways, but there's some very important ways in which Trump and uh, and in Russia are, are, are very different. So you know, they're they're, they're definitely um, you know definitely some important differences there. And you know, one of the things when I was thinking of it, I was hearing Trump uh, you know talk about uh, Rush is that you know would it be something that you know if, if Trump were to run again? Uh, in 2024, and then you know you, you'd have uh, Trump, you know, uh, Biden, Trump, <laughs> you know, again, and you know I, I think that you know Trump's going to be. I mean, before Trump, let's be honest. I I truly believe, at least myself, but I think that before Trump, Russ was actually the the, the leader of the, you know, and a lot of media people thought that, good or bad. Um, but a lot of people thought that that Rush may have been the leader of the Republican Party, and, and sometimes I could see where that would be true, or at least he was he was the uh, it's not the Republican Party. Rush certainly was uh, the leader of the conservative movement. Um, even more so now, I know Trump had you know and has still his movement. I mean, it's in line with uh, Rush's conservative movement, and I, I I think that may be why they became you know, such fast friends is because of that. And the thing is is as we know, uh, you know, it it's their view of America is, is pro America unlike, you know, what we're seeing today with the uh you know, with the other party. Uh again, I'm I'm not yeah. gonna to talk too much about politics tonight, but
8: Well, him being the leader of the Republican Party the Republican Party has too much phony, phoniness that lies within it at this point in time. And then Donald Trump is not in the White House, and those elements still exist there. It's up to the people to get rid of, of those elements that's not truly for the American cause. And right. we pretty much identify them as times went on, especially after this this last. Impeachment Fiasco, we can pretty much Identify the ones That just don't get it And I hope that uh, We can encourage the people Of the district, their constituencies To realize what They have, and it's time For them to do the right thing in getting rid of
2: them Well, I mean, I've, I've reached out to A couple of folks, I'm, I'm hoping to, I'm trying to be patient, and and I have to admit, one of the qualities that your host here doesn't have, <laughs> to be honest with you, is patience. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly uh, not a very patient man, um, and actually, I never have been, even as a child, uh, a very patient person. So, uh, I, you know, we're there's uh, reached out to someone who is running against uh, Gonzales in Ohio. Um, there's somebody who already has announced their, you know, candidacy, uh, to be the, you know, the representative to replace him. And we also, um, re- reached out to, uh, a candidate, uh, who is running in the primary, you, you announced your candidacy to run in the primary against Kinzinger. And so I'm, I'm trying to get, uh, get them onto the show, you know, to try to get, uh, you know those grassroots people that you said uh, who adhere to the you know the American first uh, agenda uh, to come on, but I think it's going to be um, you know it's always, but we'll see. I mean, it's only been you know not not quite a week since I've reached out to them, and so again that
8: that's where it's going to take patience. Well, you know-
2: and- but I don't really have a lot of that <laughs> to begin to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I
8: understand patience is a virtue, but you know we have to put a bill of put the pressure on in, in every facet that we possibly can. Not only in the election of politicians, but also in other areas that we're seeing that conservatives are coming under attack. And one that uh, has put a pinprick in me is this council. This council demonic culture that we're seeing out here and we have to find alternative sources of services in order to to take the place of some of these organizations and businesses that's out here counseling eliminating trying to blocking of uh, people who have conservative first amendment uh, uh, views and you know one that I just looked at, uh, you know, there's an organization called Mass Resistance, and they've been around for, I guess, about a decade, and they formed because they were trying to oppose these efforts of these groups like LGBTQ, which I respect but don't accept. But they're trying to impose onto our children in these school systems, and you have heard stories, and you know what's going on. But when you have banks like Bank of America and others that counsel them in handling their credit card transactions, where a lot of their donations and other activities occur in their business, that there is just totally ridiculous to me. So they were promoting a company called Cornerstone that takes the place of organizations like that. They Christian-owned. They operate independent they don't uh, get involved in uh, services That uh, is morally inept Like pornography and so on And uh, they stand for the values And the principles that uh, Rush Limbaugh stood for You and I stand for And Donald Trump stands for So we have to make those choices Get involved with your school district And when these notions are coming up You got to speak out against them. Go through your library and request that inappropriate books that's targeting the mind of our young people is gotten rid of. It's not the book burning, but it's the uh, however you want to call it. repelling against those type of things. It's the minds of our children. You, as adults, an American citizen, somebody that stands for the principles of the U.S. Constitution, it's your right to determine what your child is exposed to. And that kind of bothers me a little bit because when we have conversations like this, your shows, and when you have a town hall meeting, you look around the audience and you don't see the future in those audiences. You have to have that Uh, future there to be able to carry our vision into the future. Don't you think so?
2: Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, we do need to get more youth involved. Now, unfortunately, one of the uh, things that – and, and, and Ross, he talked about this for, for years. I mean, he used to call him the youth. I remember he'd be like, you know, skulls full of mush, remember? Uh, Trump would call, you know, the young folk, you know, skulls full of mush. And he wasn't saying that in a denigrating way. Just basically, you know, you, they're, they're young and they, they have so much that you can still put in there, right? Um, and so – uh, and you call them the youth. And, and, and that's one thing, unfortunately, that uh, the left have uh, been able to be successful at is getting younger folks involved. I mean, I remember when, uh, not that long ago, when people were getting all excited about uh, the NFL uh, being on, um, you, know, you know, being on, uh, what was that, the, the kids' network, some kids' network, Nickelodeon. Oh, my gosh, this is great. They're trying to get kids involved. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's great um, until they want to start indoctrinating the kids, <laughs> you know, because – and they're only doing it to try to expand their – and I get business-wise, I understand that. But, I mean, a lot of folks, people lauded that as, as such a great thing, but uh, I didn't think so. So uh, so they're great in getting in there, but, but yeah, you're right. I, I do. I think we got to get more into the – uh you know, into the youth. Uh, you know, you, more more youth involvement, and and I think uh, you know one thing. being you, you know they're they're successful at is, is trying to convince these, these these kids that well you know you're, you're you're first and foremost you're a citizen of the world you know because we got internet now and you can you know talk to people and and you know zoom people all across the country you know pretty easily you know we're so uh, connected now that you know, you're more of a world citizen than you are a citizen of your own country.
8: Well, you know, another thing, too. I, want to, I would like to see the ratings come back on TV programs. The ratings come back like they used to be with G. General Ordinance, uh, oh, yeah. Toronto Guidance. You remember those? And there should, I do. Be a, there should be a description of what you can expect to see. Because now the way it is, you have to sit there with your children with your, those, the gloves you use to take pots and pans out of the oven. In case something comes up all of a sudden, then you have to put your hands over their eyes and try to compensate their ears at the same time. Because it's really gotten completely out of hand. I don't want my children watching heterosexual scenes nor homosexual scenes. I mean, come on, they're kids. And if you just merely tell us what we can expect to see in the movie or here in the programming, that would be perfectly fine. I'll tune you out, and you can go on about your business. Yeah, and and, and you know, cause, yeah,
2: that, that is more pervasive. You know that that's for certain. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, when it comes to those type of things and more libertarian. Now, I think that you know, programming certainly they are using programming to push narratives. That that is for certain. Um, you know, and and I think that you know, once you're you know once you're eighteen, you know, do what the heck you want. Um, but I mean, within reason. But you know, you you're pretty much free. But the the thing that I don't like is how they're trying to uh, let uh, you know br- bring bring things that otherwise should be left to adults to kids. Like you know, the, a lady. And, and again, I'm not. I'm not I don't want to get too much into politics tonight. And then after this, uh, uh, Joseph, you did mention uh, Newt Gingrich tonight, and I do have an audio uh, that I'm going to play here with. Uh, you know, tribute from Newt Gingrich to you know, or, you know, for uh, Rush. I'm gonna play that shortly, uh, shortly here. Uh, but I mean, when you talk about you know, but one thing that was that was missed during Biden's uh, town hall. Remember, they they skipped to do the uh, one of the debates because it was obviously going to be you know, pretty much set up like the first debate was. You know. Uh, with the 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 moderator, you know, having tie, having actually having ties with the Democrat Party, so it's definitely concept of interest. So they both did town halls. Well, at Biden's town hall, you have a a you know a um a female, who uh, well, let, you know, let's see, let me, let, I'm gonna see if I can find the audio, and it, it's just unbelievable what happened at this at this town hall, um. And it's only a, a, a two-minute, 45-second clip, so th- and I'm not going to mute the mic, so just, you know, we'll be quiet when we go through. But this is something that would be allowed, uh, the, you know, in, in a, in a, during the Biden regime. Um, I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm the proud mom of two girls,
7: eight and ten. My youngest daughter is transgender. The Trump administration has attacked the rights of transgender people, banning them from military service, um, weakening non-discrimination protections, and even removing the word transgender from some government websites. How will you, as president, reverse this dangerous and discriminatory agenda and ensure that the lives and rights of LGBTQ people are protected under US law.
0: I will flat out just change the law, every eliminate those executive orders number 1. You may recall I'm the guy who said uh, I was raised by a man who uh, I remember I was being dropped off my 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 dad was a high school educated well-read man who uh, was a really decent guy, and I was being dropped off to get an application in the center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware, the corporate capital of the world at the time, and these two men, I'm getting out to get a, an application to be a lifeguard in the African-American community because there was a big swimming pool complex, and, uh, and these two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turn to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. The idea that an 8-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. They make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is too many transgender women of color are being murdered. They're being murdered. I mean, I think it's up to now 17. Don't hold me to that number, but it's it's, 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 it's higher now. And that's just this year, and so I promise you, there is no reason to suggest that there should be any right denied your daughter, or daughters, whichever, one or two, one, one, your daughter, that your other daughter has a right to be and do. None. Zero. And by the way, my son Beau, passed away, was the Attorney General of the State of Delaware. He was the guy who got the first transgender law passed in the state of Delaware, and uh, because of a young man who became a woman, uh, who uh, worked for him in the Attorney General's office.
5: we got one more segment coming up. Thank you. No we'll problem.
2: Now, one thing on that, a couple things, really, is that, one, Joe Biden that, is a liar because think about how old Biden is. He's what in his seventies. So and he's talking about when he's a kid, so about sixty years ago. So sixty years ago we're talking about uh you know what you know, nineteen, um oh gosh, I'm having a brain freeze. In the fifties, maybe? We're talking the in the fifties. I I just don't see two men and no I'm not saying homosexuality didn't in, what what didn't exist back in the fifties? I mean, it's been happening for you know since people were people, right? But I can't say in the nineteen fifties United States you're going to see two guys in the open in public kissing each other. I just don't see that happening. So frankly, I, I don't have proof. I'll be honest with that, um, but I don't see that you know that happening in. You know that that being that happening in public in the fifties, I just don't see it. I think that, I think that was a BS story. And I think he lied about his dad saying that to him because um, I don't think those things happened out in the open in the fifties. Um, and so that being said, another thing I mean, I, if someone wants to be transgender, I, I don't. I'll be you know I'm, again, I'm more libertarian with that stuff. I don't care if a guy wants to be a girl, a girl wants to be a fine. But make that decision when you're you know the age of majority, which is generally eighteen to twenty-one. But when he says, and here's the danger, and you're talking about kids, Bianchi, is that he, he thinks, oh, yeah, it's okay for an 8-year-old to say, yeah, I think I want to be transgender. Now, what the hell does an 8-year-old know about what they want their, you know, their sexual or, 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 you know, or gender future to be at 8 years old? I mean that's ridiculous. I mean, uh, just because of a girl dressed as a tomboy, maybe she's just a tomboy. Maybe she likes dressing in boy's clothes and, and do th- do boy things. That do not mean she's
8: transgender. Um, I, well, mean, how, I mean, it goes transgender deeper. Just, you know, huh? It goes deeper than that, Barb. You just have recently here in two events uh, Women's Cyclists, where you had uh, a male who thinks in that persuasion wrestling or you have a male who thinks in that persuasion i say that because they can't make uh make the male team then they decide that they're gonna come up with this idea this uh, excuse and say that they're female so they can participate in the sport against females and it causing, i mean it, it, it's a problem you just had what texas and i think another state north dakota i'm not sure of that one it's passing state legislation that says that a person that's participating in athletic sports at the school level, they have to participate on the team of their biological birth.
2: Yeah, and I don't. Uh, I, tell you what, I I like to win. I hate to lose, Bianchi. But I, I mean, if I don't want to win so bad that I'm going to say I'm going to be a. I, I'm a girl. So I can, I can win you know, I, yeah, I know what I you want to mean. Win, but I don't want to win that bad. <laughs>
8: Yeah, I don't want to take away from your show on Rush Limbaugh. I'm gonna let you get, even myself. I'm gonna let you get back to it, but I really appreciate the opportunity that you allowed me to express my feelings for him. And as I said before, I thought he was an awesome human being.
2: Well, I appreciate that, Bianca. And again, well, you know, as long as you like, we'll keep uh, uh, your line open. And actually, this, this, the show is going pretty quick. We're all almost actually in the Bard's Logic After Dark or the period where. If your mic or uh, you know uh, my, your microphone or phone drops, you won't be able to call back in. So uh, you know definitely don't let it drop. And also, if you're out in the chat and listening to the show, uh, your audio is going to go out in about 18 minutes. The show is still going to go on for the next hour, and that is also part of the podcast. Uh, just you won't be able to listen to the remainder of the show. You, I mean, could actually still chat, but you, you're not going to be able to hear the show. And, and maybe even more importantly. If you want to have any comments, you won't be able to call in. So if you're out there in the chat, you'd like to call in, uh, call us at 347-945-7428. If you'd like to get in the show, I do see other callers who are listening. But if you do uh, like to chime in about uh, tonight, especially your experiences, feelings about Rush, uh, push the number on your one on your number dial, and uh, I'll let you into the show. Uh, Now, again, earlier in the program, you mentioned – New Gingrich, and I'm actually a member of the New Gingrich Inner Circle, and so I get uh, – have conference calls uh, with, with other people, of course, on there, but, you know, it's a live conference call with New and uh, we do question and answer sessions, and, you know, I get different audios and, and, and letters and things of that nature uh, being in the Inner Circle, uh, and so – and you know, and if anyone wants to know, get more information on on how to get in the new inner circle. Uh, you could send me a message on the contact page at the Bard's Logic website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and go to the contact page, and um, I'll check that. But anyway, so here's an audio that I've got here. Uh, I'm going to key up, and this is uh, you know a tribute from Newt Gingrich. Other New People's Mics, uh, Newt Gingrich uh, for Rush Limbaugh.
5: Rush Limbaugh's passing is a tragic moment for him as a friend, as a person, as one of the great heroic figures of the conservative movement. And it's a great loss to all the rest of us. I knew Rush as a political commentator, uh, as a pioneer, uh, as a personal friend. Uh, I have so many memories of Rush. Uh, But first, let me talk about him as a national figure. Beginning in 1988, Rush Limbaugh created a nationwide audience of over 20 million people who felt that they had to listen to him every single day, that he was the personification, confident conservatism, uh, willing to take apart uh, the liberals who were just doing weird things that couldn't be defended, willing to challenge uh, the political elites and the politically correct, Uh, His audience was powerful. I can tell you from personal experience that when we uh, ran the 1994 contract with America when Republicans had been out of power in the House for 40 years, that Russia's help was absolutely vital to winning that election, to communicating the issues to the country, to rallying people, and on some occasions to actually going out and doing events that helped uh, key candidates win. Um, I used to go down and visit with Rush uh, once he had left New York and gone down to Palm Beach, uh, which he did partly for tax reasons and partly just because he had fed up with being surrounded by New York liberals. He found uh, a lot of conservative friends, uh, two of them, Gay and Stanley Gaines, uh, among our, my closest friends. And so we would often get together at Gay and Stanley's. Uh, Bill Bennett would come down, and Rush would join us, and we'd spend a long weekend uh, my children and their spouses would come down. On one occasion, my son-in-law Paul lovers uh, hit a hole-in-one while golfing with uh, Rush and Stanley, and he has a card to this day um, testifying to that hole-in-one signed by Rush Limbaugh. So it's a genuine collector's item. It is also true that uh, Rush was very considered, and very open. Uh, Chris and I had lunch with him one time, and uh, it turned out they had both started in radio in high school in a small-town radio station working the late shift. In Costa's case, uh, Sheldon went on to do other things and ended up as ambassador to the Vatican. But in Russia's case, he kept coming back to radio again and again uh, and became amazingly successful. But it was fun to sit there and listen to these two people who started at the same point. One became a national figure in his own right in radio. Uh, the other has become... Uh, national figure in her own way, in a totally different way. And the conversation was just between two friends. They didn't have any sense of Rush Limbaugh, national figure, uh, heroic pioneer. There's nothing pompous, nothing stuffy. It's just a practical, down-to-earth thing. So I think that it's uh, really important to remember Rush Limbaugh, the person Sense of life. Uh, We're still basically back there in Cape Girardeau. Solid uh, group of Silver uh, fans.
2: I can attest to that uh, just doing a one-week show, you know, doing a show once a week, the the preparation it takes just for one three-hour program. Um, And Russ, almost on every program, probably talks at least two hours' worth, if not more, on his program. And there was a few weeks ago where, um, for whatever reason, whether it was technical difficulties, you know, people being unable to call in, or it was shortly after, uh, you know, the 6th. I think it might have actually been shortly after the 6th of January where, you know, people were, were pretty, pretty upset, pretty let down, and pretty discouraged. And, you know, to so the whole three-hour program that I had that week, I think I had one caller come in. And, I, and, and, and you know, I don't do that, that much talking usually, you know, on Barge Logic. <laughs> prefer that way um and so but i had to try to fill up probably about two hours worth of programming myself just you know talking going over uh you know you know going over material going over articles i mean and i I did a lot of uh, like nostalgia stuff you know okay well we did this in the past we talked about that in the past so i did a lot of that too uh played you know different audio clips uh, from the past you know um and uh, thank you, Bianchi, uh, for, for for coming on. Uh, we, we we lost his call. Hopefully, he'll, he'll he'll call back. But it sounds like he may have said what he, he wanted to have said. Uh, but anyway, is um darn it. Now I feel bad because I probably should. I didn't know he was going to drop the call. So I, I wanted to thank him uh, for coming on. So I um oh darn it. Uh, but I didn't know he was going to drop the call. Or else I would have done that earlier. Uh, but anyway. Uh, you know, trying to fill up that time, it is—it isn't easy. <laughs> it isn't easy to do. And so I know exactly what to talk about. And then to do that, you know, every day. And then for him to also do it while he was, you know, battling cancer is just a phenomenal feat. Um, but speaking of that, we lost a couple callers here. Um, but we do still have Joseph on the line. And uh, I'm glad you, you put that out there about, about Luke because I actually got an email. I was looking through my emails, uh, you know, while doing the uh, – you know, while doing the program, uh, Joseph, and I saw, you know, it was from an email I got from the, the New Gingrich Inner Circle, and there it was. There was uh, the audio, and you, know, and you know I believe in serendipity, and so there was the audio from from Gingrich's uh, – you know, Gingrich's uh, statements today about Rush. Um, but, yeah, we – um. Well, I you see one other person call back in, but uh, Bianchi again, I, I muted the mics, but I didn't unmute it right afterwards. Uh, uh, so I want to you know, thank him. Hopefully he'll listen to the archive and uh, you know, hear my thanks uh, for him uh, for coming into the show. And, again, I do see folks uh, out there, uh, you know, in the chat and in different areas. So if you'd like to get, uh, listen to the remainder of the show, because uh, you're going to lose audio in about seven minutes, Uh, Give us a call at 347-945-7428. If you just want to stay on and listen, of course, you're certainly welcome to do that. Uh, If you want to, uh, you know, talk, uh, then just push the one-on-the-dial. We'll get in the show. Um, You know, again, I know this is a a real sad day for a lot of folks. And, uh, you know, maybe, again, this is one of those episodes where uh, people just keep to themselves. But I know I felt compelled to have this. Uh, show uh, honoring Russ Limbaugh tonight, and uh, Joseph, I appreciate you calling in and, and, and being on here with me uh, to do that. Uh, you know, getting the Yankees.
3: Well, again, we
2: got other callers. If you'd like to share your experiences,
3: push the one on your number dial. We'll get you in.
2: Go ahead, Joseph.
3: I'm 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 always honored. Uh, I'm really glad that that caller called in. Uh, uh, he I'm, I'm I'm just glad that everyone who's calling in. All they have is positive things to say, which is great. I'm, I'm, that really is uplifting. Um, I'm going to be honest. I was kind of afraid that we were going to get a couple of loose cannons calling in today, but um, I'm glad that's not happening. So um, I really am glad. Um, you know, um, Rush Limbaugh was very instrumental in helping uh, Newt Gingrich and uh, speaking in Newt Gingrich was very um, instrumental in helping Newt Gingrich with the contract for America and taking back the house in the 90s. And uh, so, I mean, geez, I mean, I could just go on and on and on forever on his list of accolades. Like I said, he's the Babe Ruth of of radio. You know, he pioneered that. Uh, Radio is a cutthroat industry. And, uh, you know, for him to have been in that arena for 31 years – and survived it uh is is it is, is a testimony to his character um, and um i'm glad you played that uh, all these clips um so our listeners could hear and uh i'm glad you played the clip with president trump um, because uh i didn't listen to the same clip you played uh so i i you know that tells me he he made quite a few statements but on the one with uh, Sean Hannity, which I was shocked because uh, you know he actually that was the first time he's been on Fox since November third uh, for good reason. Oh, it, but he does know this, that this Hannity. The
5: first, it, yeah,
2: th- yeah, this the it first, yeah, this is the first. Yeah, this is the first he's come out and talked publicly. Yes,
3: it is absolutely, especially since the acquittal. Uh, but you know him and Sean Hannity do have a long-standing relationship. And um, if he's going to come on, he's only going to come on for Hannity, and Hannity knows that because he didn't come on for Tucker Carlson. It's kind of ironic. Uh, Laura Ingram, who comes right after Hannity, she got uh, Vice President Pence, and I'm thinking, no, today is a day to honor Rush. So whatever my feelings are, I- I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even think them because then it's not right. It, 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 today should be us honoring his memory and it should be not politicized so you know i said to myself "Mm, tempted to kind of think something but then i'm like nah it it, today is a day of mourning and that's what it should be and so you know if mike pence went on laura ingram's show who cares i mean you know at the end of the day you know um, i just want to really do the same thing you're doing just dedicate today in his memory and reflect back on all the wonderful memories and contributions that he has contributed to our country and to the conservative movement and to his base and to his fans. And, um, you know, he really pioneered promoting conservatism uh, in ways that were unthinkable. Uh, he started his radio debut in in '88 while Reagan was still in office, and uh, you know many people say that uh, many people, many Republicans after Reagan left office, they they didn't know how to articulate what conservatism really meant. And I, I I know you know conservatism is 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 vague. It's 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 subject to interpretation. I'd like to think the version of conservatism I believe in is. Standing up for freedom, uh, standing to preserve a constitutional republic, putting our citizens first and foremost in what's in their best interests, promoting free speech, not trying to censor it. uh, Promoting a nation who abides, makes sure that their citizens uh, abide by by the laws that are written on the books. And if we don't like the laws, well, then we, we, we vote the people in power who... We hope that they keep their promise that they're going to change those laws, but we don't go into the streets, and we don't loot, and we don't burn down cities as, as a response. Um, I stand for all of those freedoms. Uh, Rush Limbaugh stood for that. He never capitulated. He always believed in America exceptionalism and in free speech and He had a lot of enemies he disagreed with, but he never tried to censure them. He never tried to censor them. That wasn't Rush. And and that's something that his enemies are not even going to acknowledge. The fact that he may have disliked a lot of people that were in radio and said horrific things about him and his family, but he never once promoted or urged his followers to boycott them because of that. I find that commendable. And that's why our nation is so divided. It's, it's, it's because if you disagree, put on a list. You're the enemy. You're the demon. And that's it. There's no ands, ifs, or buts. There's no compromise. There's no nothing. It's just either our way or the highway. And it's sad that we've come to that. And so what I want to take away from that is Rush would want us to continue to fight on. And that we shall. We shall honor his memory. We shall honor his legacy. We shall continue to fight for the beliefs that he uh that he espoused. Robert, you and I, the panelists on this show, and the majority of the listeners, we all are like minded in 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 holding the same beliefs. We believe in American exceptionalism. We believe in putting Americans first. We believe in preserving our freedoms, a constitutional republic. Uh, we want the next generation to grow up just as free as we did. That's, that's what we can hope for. That's what we can yearn for, to make sure that we're not leaving a socialist country to the next generation. We can't. We just can't. Got too much at stake. And that's why um, when Trump said, I don't want to get too much into it because today should just be about Rush. But in the upcoming months, oh, I have big plans. Ah, oh, that gave me hope. I think we need that. We need that. We really do. Because if there's one man who has proven that he's capable of bringing the best out of our country and bringing the best out of our citizens is Donald J. Trump. He did it for four years. He actually did it, and that's really uplifting. Uh, Rush is a good judge of character. He picked Trump from the very from day one when he came down that escalator, when the majority of people laughed, thought it was the biggest joke in the world. Uh, Rush knew. Rush knew there was yeah. a lot more in him than just uh, you know the Tyro stereotype of, oh, you mean the uh, the celebrity clown, the guy behind The Apprentice, really that guy. No, Rush, could Rush, he had the, an amazing um, judge of character where he could really see the best in people. And he chose to see the best in people. He really did. He was emblematic of that. And so I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, Robert. You and I don't know that. We don't have a crystal ball. Um, all I can say is the conservative movement is alive. And uh, like I've been saying for weeks on your show, I don't have the magic solution. I sure wish I did. I sure wish I could say right now what is the solution to fix everything. I I don't. I'm not going to sit here and lie. But I do know that we have a wonderful leader of an incredible movement. And I'm going to quote Donald J. Trump. This is what he said after the acquittal. This was his words, Robert. Our historic, patriotic, and beautiful movement to make America great again has only just begun. And I look forward to continuing our incredible journey together in the months ahead. And I'm just grateful that Rush Limbaugh got to hear those words. Because people really don't realize how close they were. That while Trump was still president, He would call Rush Limbaugh about three times a month just to find out how he was doing. You know, for all all these people who demonized Trump as this monster, and they did the same thing to Rush Limbaugh. His enemies to this very day as, you know, pictures him as a monster. No, I mean, these, these guys, Donald Trump, Rush, anyone who truly knows them or in Rush knew him, they all say the same thing. He is the—they're the most down-to-earth, compassionate people you would yearn to wanna—you would yearn to wanna meet, and that is really true. And this is the truth speaking, not the uh, distort—not the uh, distortion of the truth. I mean, imagine with everything going on with Donald Trump in his last months in the in the White House, he still had the humility, and the grace, and the compassion. To pick up that phone and call Rush personally out of concern, out of compassion, and say, How are you doing? How are you holding up? Is humanity at its best? That is something we should all aspire to reach that goal. That is what's missing in this doggy uh, dog world, Robert, the lack of humanity. Only very few people possess that quality that's left. Um, and I think that's, you were saying earlier in the show, why you felt so connected to Rush, why his loss to you felt more devastating than the loss of your uncle. It's because that's that's the majestic power that, that Rush had with his base. They connected on personal levels, when he spoke to over 21 million people listening, is as if he was speaking to each and every one of us personally in the room. He really did revere and love his base.
2: That cherished is true. his
3: base. As Donald, Trump, as Donald Trump does. To this very day, he cherishes his base. And then people wonder, why do we love him so much? How can you not? The guy loves our country and he loves his people. How can you not love someone like that? How can you not reciprocate? If someone loves you, how can you not love them back? You know what I mean, Amber?
2: That's a very good way of putting it. That's a very very good way of putting it.
5: Yeah, now as to the
2: future, um, one thing I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, at least the immediate future is, and I even took uh, a day off work tomorrow to do it is that uh, I've been following the um, – and maybe maybe this is uh, serendipitous as well, but there's a rover uh, landing on Mars tomorrow. It's called Perseverance is the name of the rover. So I, th- I think that's aptly named for a lot of things right now. Um, but it's supposed to uh, land on Mars. To, and the coverage is starting at 215, uh, PM now I'm gonna start watching probably hours before then, but um supposed to start at twelve uh two fifteen PM Eastern time uh tomorrow the, the the coverage for the lander. Um supposed to land on Mars. So I yeah, so I took a day off uh, tomorrow to to be glued to the TV really, which I rarely do, but tomorrow I'll be glued to the TV or, or some kind of screen, uh probably the T V, NASA TV, to 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 watch the coverage of it. That that that's the immediate future, but in the um, the more distant future beyond tomorrow, is I think, and, and you stated this as well, is the the best way I think to honor Rush is to continue his fight. I mean, there's there's no one going to be able to replace him. I, I don't think who who knows who's going to be between the the noon and three spot, and, and there really isn't anyone who can who can do it. There just isn't. Um, even even if Trump himself uh, were to take that spot, um, not that I think that would happen, but you know, I, I, but uh, even if he were, you 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 can only uh, you know you, it's irreplaceable. You're just not gonna be able to replace them uh with any, with any of them. I mean, I mean, and I've been listening to and, and watching you know Sean Hannity for for years as well, but I I still don't. Uh, I still have, didn't feel that connection with uh, with him, uh, you know, with Hannity as, as, as I do Rush. and said, I mean, I mean, I literally feel a a, a physical loss. Um, you know, you, you feel that 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 there's a, a you feel that a, a concrete loss uh, there, and you know, a, a, and I certainly feel that. Um, so yeah, I think one of the best way to honor him is, is to continue the fight. Um, Starting tomorrow, I mean, we'll talk about actionable things. Is one of the things I've um, decided I'm going to do is uh, is I'm going to become a poll watcher. I'm going to find a way to become a poll watcher, and if they let you do it out of state, um, then, you know, I'm certainly going to, uh, you know, like go to Pennsylvania or Michigan, uh, which are kind of the closest of the contested states to me. I mean, I'll travel there for – Three four days a week to do that. Um, you know, you mentioned some things that might be upcoming uh, with myself and Suzette that you know I've been you know thinking about and, and how I would uh, do that if, if if that you know du- you know comes to fruition and that's something we'll talk about over the show. So I've been you know thinking about about getting involved that way. But and, and one of the other things is it definitely find what I've been cur- encouraging folks on the show is. You know, I think with Bianchi, you know, mentioned or, or yourself or both, uh, early in the show, saying, "Look, you know, we need to find these candidates who are going to get rid of, you know, but primarying out is what I mean by rid of. So if any of those liberals are, are listening, you know, that's what I'm talking about when I mean get rid of it, is is am out. Um, it's to find, uh, you know, I wasn't saying find support and fund these candidates that are patriot candidates. Uh, again, I've reached out to two candidates. Again, um, it's a little frustrating. I haven't heard back from them. It has been less than a week for one of them, maybe about a week for the other one. Uh, but one I've reached out multiple times on, you know, on Twitter and, and haven't heard anything. And then there's uh, another candidate. Uh, you know, I was reaching out to, but again, you know, maybe I'll hear something later. Um, or, you know, or, or we'll we'll see. Uh, but you know we'll uh, you know of course I'll keep folks posted if we are able to get them on the show. I mean there's plenty of time. I mean it's not like there's any rush. We've got a long time before the primaries. But what I mentioned in a, uh, an earlier episode is that you know if we're going to start you know supporting these folks, we need to do it sooner rather than later because the money that's going to be against these uh, these patriot candidates. You know, to go up against these more established ones like Kinzinger and uh, Gonzalez. I mean, they're going to have they're going to have pretty big coffers. I think that's going to be coming from you know the the more establishment types, uh, what I call the political class uh, in the Republican Party.
3: Well, I can promise you, Robert and Suzette, and of course we'll talk about this off air. Is I guarantee you, if you decide to come on board, which I know both of you will you will be fighting for the most worthiest cause. You'll be fighting for the the cause to truly take back the House, not just away from the Dems but from the Rhino establishments. And um, I'd have to say it was a sad day for North Carolina when Senator Richard Burr from North Carolina voted to become the seventh GOP senator in doing so. And I'm just thinking what what are you thinking? Do they really think they're going to have a legacy left in doing that? I mean, what are they really thinking and, and And the fact that it really goes to the truth of how they loathe their supporters because every senator that voted guilty, um their state parties have come out in large numbers and in, in, in censuring them. they're pissed right they last last I, last I heard you're supposed to run. And fight for your people, your constituents, not the other way around. And when they made that vote, they did not factor in what was in the best interest of their constituents. No, they pretty much just flipped them off and said, yeah, I'm to hell with the people who got me elected. And I'm retiring in two years. I call that cowardice. Oh, so now because you're going to retire, so you're not going to have to run again. Now you're going to show your true colors. And your true colors were you never liked your base you just did a very good job of convincing them each and every time to blindly vote for you. And it was a sad sad, sad day for North Carolina cuz Richard Burr he's been in the Senate for over 30 years, uh, a a uh, a career uh, politician, and no one was expecting um a seventh senator especially from North Carolina to um vote guilty. Um you know, we kind of we kind of knew, you know, Romney was a given. Lisa Murkowski was a given. Um, right. You know, um, Susan Collins was a given. Um, Toomey was a given. But the surprise the surprise for me, the surprises were um, Cassidy and uh, Burr. They're the ones that caught me off guard. So, yeah, um, a strong message has to be sent. If you play with fire, you're going to get Burnt. And if you lost your way when you got to power and thinking that you're not there to do the bidding of the people, well, then you know what? Prepare to face the fire. You will be primaried. You will be voted out of power accordingly. You are there to do what's best for your constituents, mm-hmm. and that's why I commend Marjorie Green Taylor because, yes, she did make some comments about 9-11 that were controversial. But you know what? She walked it back and said, "You know what? What I said was not right. It did not represent my constituents, and I apologize. And you know what? In the end of the day, most people forgave her for being for being honest and transparent about it, and for owning it. Well, you know, and the, and and the thing very about few that that to actually owning. it, Say but it the again. The thing
2: that kind of bothered me with her, not with her, but I mean the reaction to her, was that you know, she, a lot of those things that she stepped back, I don't like people stepping back on what they said. I really don't. Because when you said it, at the time you said it, you probably meant it. The step back, in, cool. in my mind, is you're being kind of cowardice by stepping back. You know, because I think, like, cool. when you said it, you probably meant it when you said it. Uh, you know, so, but now that people are giving you pushback, now you're cowering away and be like, well, I, I don't like that. I don't like to see that. Or rather, she said, look, that was my belief then. You know, things may have changed. I got new evidence to make me think otherwise. And and there, um, but the thing that, that bothers me the most is a lot of this stuff they're getting on her is stuff she said before she was elected, right?
5: So the people knew seen. she, yeah, you
2: know, her constituents and her voters knew she said these things. They still elected exactly. her, so that should not exactly. affect her committees at all.
5: No. how does that, no, how does that
3: affect her? her It shouldn't, and it's the double standard of the left. There's so many examples, Maxine Waters, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, AOC, that literally went on the air and and, and encouraged the the deadly uh, – they were not protests, but the the anarchy and chaos that happened over the summer, they literally encouraged it. And the
5: double standard is
3: if the left does it, oh, okay, Pressley? but if the right, does it? Exactly. Um, you know, and you know, Marjorie Taylor said it best. And uh, she's got she's got a good backbone. Uh she said, "Well, the Dems are as dumb as, as they are because them stripping me of my assignments it actually gives me more time to campaign." And I like how she threw it back at them because she says, "Be careful because when we take back the house, we're going to do the same thing to you." You're, you're setting dangerous precedents, but we're going to do the same thing. We're going to give you a taste of your medicine when we um, – so all those uh, congressional uh, congresswomen and men who made those statements, they're going to do the same thing. And it's they deserve to get a taste of their own medicine. I mean even uh, um, um, Omar uh, from Minnesota, I mean she encouraged so, – they all encouraged and incited so many things and words. Uh, Maxine Waters saying, you know, get into the get into the faces of Trump people. You follow them, you harass them. But if they say it, it's okay. But if Trump said the word "spite," it's misconstrued as inciting an insurrection. Are you kidding me? Are you retarded? Are you hooked on you need hooked on phonics? Really, really, really. And in the end, justice was served. They did not prevail. And it was it was funny in an ironic way, not in a humorous way. Nancy Pelosi was losing it when she got to the podium after the acquittal. She couldn't hold her composure. It looked like she was going to have a breakdown over there. I mean, she was like <laughs> clenching onto the podium like her old face was shaking like it was an earthquake happening in San Francisco. And all she could say <laughs> is those 43 GOP senators are all cowards, just like the first time she said – Well, the president will be impeached forever. Right. You can't accept defeat. Keep on telling yourself that. So she wanted to maintain that, well, this was the most bipartisan uh, support of impeachment ever. And I was saying, yeah, and this was also the first president in history to be impeached twice, second time while he's not in office. And also, if you want to throw facts, Nancy, this was the quickest impeachment trial to end ever. So there you go. I mean, literally, when a team wins, the loser doesn't go, oh, well, we we lost by two points. Do we get a trophy? No. I mean, they're like in the slums. Like, they lost. They, They lost the Super Bowl, or they lost the World Series, or they lost the NBA championship. Losing is losing. It sucks. And it's kind of funny how the Dems are trying to make it look like they won. It's like, It's like trying to say, yeah, we only lost by three points, so let's get a trophy and let's throw a parade. Uh, Doesn't work that way, really. They rarely throw parades for the uh, National League or American League champions. In some instances they do, but normally it's if you win the whole thing. So, yeah, it was interesting to see how they were just losing it. And um, I was telling the candidate that I represent that, that was a major victory for conservatism. That acquittal was a was a big game changer because this is the first time that the left publicly showed the American people that they were losing it, that we finally have gotten to them. Um, it's only a first step, but it I, I I honestly do think it is the uh the battle that will change the course of this war. I honestly, really, truly believe it. I mean, really, it was beautiful to see it. They were losing it. They were like bonkers. They were like, forget it. They couldn't control themselves. I don't know if you saw that, Robert. I had a chance, but if you could go back to YouTube, just watch it. That
2: I haven't had a chance to uh, to say. And then also, actually, you mentioned uh, AOC, and, and 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 actually, on the last episode that Trump was on, uh, that not Trump. I keep saying Trump, and I meant Rush. Uh, the last
3: <laughs> okay. episode that course of Abbott.
2: Yeah, the last uh the last uh program that Rush did, I mean he brought up uh, AOC. You know, when she was talking about you know how she claimed now I don't know how this happened since uh there's evidence that she wasn't at the Capitol, uh but somehow she claimed she uh that she was sexually she wasn't and assaulted. It, was,
3: it was confirmed. What's that? It's absolutely been corroborated. Just to let you know, Robert, I remember you brought it up last week on the show, and you weren't sure if that was definitive. It's definitive now. They definitively have proven that she absolutely was not in the building. It's been definitively yeah. proven. Of course, you're not going to hear that from CNN and MSNBC and NBC, but it's ac- absolutely no. been corroborated. So it just goes to show you she's just she cries wolf, and it's a shame because – If she says she's sexually assaulted, I'd like to believe her. Really, I I, want to give people the benefit of the doubt. But it's kind of hard when you've been lying all along. You lied to get into office. You continue to lie. You don't know what to believe. And unfortunately, she makes it very hard for those who are true victims, uh, as David eloquently put it last week. Um, She does give a bad name to the true victims. So when there is a true victim – you know, perception outweighs the truth, and now most people are going to think, ah, oh, there's another AOC, someone crying wolf. And in, in reality, she's doing the greatest disservice to, 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 uh, to woman. and she claims to be a staunch you know, um, supporter of women and women's rights and promoting feminism. How, how could you say that with a straight face when you're doing the opposite? You're discrediting Real victims of sexual assault, which is not which is not a, a thing you you lie about, just like she lied about being in the building um, on, on January the sixth uh, and her life was in danger and all of that um, and um, another thing on Friday, what CNN did not report what MSNBC did not report, no one reported it but Fox on Friday. Uh, Black Lives Matters had a deadly protest uh, called Defund the Police in Manhattan, and there was blood that was shed. No one reported it. Of course not. That would take away from the whole narrative of January the 6th. The hypocrisy, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I'm not crazy about Fox, but I give him credit. They reported it. No one would have known about it if, if Fox didn't report it heck, I, I didn't even know that happened. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I can't believe it. It's like, have have people, have our politicians stooped this low? Have they no shame? Have they no shame?
2: Well, they, and they have. Uh, well, it's because they don't fear the people anymore. Uh, that's why, you know, I say we need politicians who are of and for the people, not uh, not of and for. Uh, the politicians, and then that's one of the the biggest uh, uh, hypocrisies I see on places like, uh, places like you know social media, Facebook and Twitter, and parlors back up. I, I just got to remember my my username and password to get back in there. But the minor setting parlors back up, so I can't wait to be doing more there. But you know, one of the things that you know I, I bring up on the, the social media, when people are so acted all bent out of shape about what happened at the Capitol, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, back it up. We've had an entire summer where people, you know, regular citizens, you know, were losing their livelihoods and their lives, much more so than what happened on the Capitol. And you have these politicians all upset, you know, erecting, you know, erecting walls and barriers around the around the Capitol to protect them from the citizens. But yet they want to halt construction of a wall to protect our citizens from being inundated from illegal alien invaders. So they're all for erecting walls to protect themselves, the politicians. But they're not. They're not going to. You know, they're going to stop erecting walls to protect the citizens of the country. And what 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 makes me so annoyed with a large portion of the American public is they seem to be okay with it. They seem to not realize that, don't you see, you know, what I try to put out them is, don't you see this? These politicians don't care about you. You know, I, mean, I got so sort of sick and tired of them saying, you know, oh, but Trump doesn't care about you. Know, Trump doesn't care about you. He only cares about himself. It's like, hello, you know, one, he didn't have to run for office. Um, I mean, he had a good life without running for office. He probably had a much better life running not running for office but anyway um, <clears throat> excuse me you know so you know it's it's like look look at look at the way the politicians are acting oh they weren't upset when these people were le- losing their livelihoods and their lives during the months and months you know of, of looting and rioting you know from BLM into Antifa because it was the american citizens the regular middle class, you know, the general citizenry that were being attacked. But oh my gosh, exactly. you attack politicians, you attack politicians, and that's a different story. Now you care exactly. about riot because you're the ones exactly. supposedly being attacked.
3: And, and and if you ask these people why do you hate Trump, all they tell you is the same boiling points, the mainstream media, he's a white supremacist. He couldn't accept the election results. He incited January 6th. But notice how they can't defeat him on his record of president. Being nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, having signed four historic Middle Peace East agreements, having successfully built a wall where we saw the lowest level of illegal aliens crossing in the history of our nation, uh, actually um, putting on tariffs on China and Russia and Iran and showing them that, hey, we call the shots here, uh, promoting to not further shut down our economy. Like all these policies, they worked. If anything, they exceeded all of our wildest expectations, and they can't attack them on the substance. So what do you do when you can't attack someone on their record? you stoop to smear tactics because that's all you can do that's it that's and i'm little tired little of too, hearing yeah. it because it's like a a parrot you know it's like one of those parrots that repeats everything you say and after a while it's like a broken you know record because they all just copy the 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 boiling points or the talking points of msnbc and cnn really i mean i thank god i don't have to uh, stomach watching rachel maddow and puke all I got to do is no, talk to a I Democrat. That repeats the same points. He's a white supremacist. He's a racist. He's a xenophobe. And he incited well, an they... insurrection on our country. That's all they can say. Really? Um, the guy who actually put a ban on China in January of last year, and had he not done so, we probably would have had 250 million dead Americans because of COVID. Oh, and when he did it, everyone said he was a racist and a xenophobe. Oh, and when he did the Muslim ban, it wasn't a Muslim ban. It was a ban on Syria, Iraq, Iran, certain countries that have the most deadly terrorists and organizations. So this notion that he just banned all Muslims from coming, garbage. Not true. He banned about… People coming from four designated countries in which at the time ISIS was a caliphate, and that's that's what he did. That's not a Muslim ban. So it's 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 quite ironic how they can't attack him on the substance because they'd have to acknowledge that his policies worked, that it exceeded anyone's wildest expectations. Heck, Robert, I, I, I honestly didn't think – I thought he would do well. I didn't think he was going to excel How he excelled, I don't think anyone did. And that's why he, he created this powerful movement is for the first time people said, wow, when someone really loves their country and they truly, truly only sought power for the people, look what you can accomplish. And it makes you wonder, that's why we are in the hole that we're in. It didn't take eight years of Barack Obama. It didn't take eight years of George W. Bush. It took almost a century, 100 years, of both Republican and Democratic administrations failing the people. And it only took Donald J. Trump four years to say this is a taste of when you elect someone who is sworn to represent the best interest of the American people and no one else, no strings attached want to understand why we love Donald Trump so much is is because he 's the first politician in American history to truly to truly win the presidency for the sole purpose of doing the bidding of the American people, doing what 's right for the people and what 's right for our country and on the same accord, he took a, a big hit for it for doing it. His four years were. Constant misery by the mainstream media and his enemies who demonized him every single day wasn't easy. Wasn't easy for him to have to endure that. I think, uh, Robert, you and I have said it many times on the show out of any other Republican president in history. He received the most hate and vitriol than any other previous president. Oh, more so certainly, than even more Donald than Reagan. Bush. Even more than Reagan, Exactly. But he did so or yeah, for the they sake of his too, country why, and the American people. Exactly. And that is a trait that the last time we had people that thought that way and acted that way, those were our founding fathers, the framers of our Constitution. The last time we had politicians who thought that way and acted that way, who put America first, who put their people first, isn't it sad to say they were the framers of our Constitution. So basically, the 1700s, that's the last time we've seen anything like that. That is sad. That is sad, Robert. That is a sad day in America. That is truly sad. I, I really, really do believe our our founding fathers are rolling over in their graves, watching one everything that's most, transpired over 200 years. Well,
2: I know two things. Um, I know one thing that the the LaRouche pack, you know, I'm going Belong to that organization as well, but um, the Lutpac would contend that uh, uh, JFK would would be in that uh, category as well, with uh, being for the people. I mean, they even would say that Trump was uh, uh, the best uh, the best Democrat since JFK or something like that. <laughs> um, that yeah, that that Trump was the best Democrat president since JFK, of course, because we know the Democrat Party is nothing like the party of JFK now. But but one thing you did mention earlier. Um, is, is about uh, Maddow, and, and I can't stand that woman. I can't, I can't stomach her. But the reason why Limbaugh is going to live as an icon for all of history is because people like Rachel Maddow and the, uh, what I call the alphabet media, they take their marching orders, they take, you know, and, and, and their narrative. From the Democrat Party, the media is run by the Democrat Party, and so because they are run and they take the marching orders of the Democrat Party, then all 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 they are all, all these the Rachel Maddow's, the um, you know all the other folks on CNN and MSNBC and NPR, they're they they're, they're going to be you know. They're, they're going to go down and be forgotten, whereas Rush, it's the opposite, because you had a Republican Party. Now, I'm not saying they took the marching orders of uh, of Rush. I'm not saying that, but they did take the cue of how to be conservative and govern in a conservative manner from Trump. I'm not trying I see calling Trump and Rush. There's so much like but you no, know, from Rush, from Rush Limbaugh. That's where, so you had an icon, you had Rush Limbaugh. You know where Republicans were taking his lead. It was not like the media who take the lead from the Democrat Party. The Republican Party took the lead of Rush Limbaugh, and that is what is one of the reasons he's going to go down and not be forgotten. And, and and remain an icon the, and these other folks like Rachel Maddow years from now in history are are just going to be they're going to be footnotes There will be a footnote when he'll be considered you know one of the greats in America you know in, in American political
3: history I completely agree um, I completely agree with that um, History will write that he stood on the right side of history. The historians who will tell the truth will write that. And uh, Rachel Maddow is on the wrong side of history, and you're right. They do take their marching orders from the left. Um, let's just face it. Uh, journalism in this country has been dead for a very long time. It's been dead, and it doesn't look like it's going to revive anytime soon. Um, for example, you see what's happening in Texas. All those people without power in those uh, 10, 13-degree weather temperatures, I mean, they're suffering. And they're suffering because they, uh, the, the wind turbines, they froze.
2: Yeah. And you're
3: thinking Texas, which is known for their oil.
2: Right. Look how
3: they're living. They're living like in a third-world country. You wouldn't even think it's Texas. Because of uh, the Biden regime. And what did he do on day one? Kill the Keystone Pipeline. Right. Kill the Dakota Pipeline. What did Trump do for four years? He gained us back energy independence. For so long, we were beholden to our enemies because the people in office didn't have the cojones to take down our enemies. They cowered to China, they cowered to Iran. And this is on both sides, Republican and Democrat. They cowered to North Korea. Uh, Trump was the first one to say, I don't think so. I don't care who you think you are, North Korea, Iran, Russia. But while I'm in office, I'm calling the shots here, and you're not going to run wild. You're not going to run a rampage. And if people forget, Obama left ISIS as the strongest caliphate in the Middle East in four years. Donald A. Trump eradicated ISIS. He got them running, panicking for their lives. That would have never happened if Hillary would have won, which she would have been a third term of Obama. That sure would have never happened if, hypothetically, George W. Bush got elected in 2016 instead of 2000. Yeah, Trump actually took on – it was like a David and Goliath. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid to throw the punches on behalf of the American people. And for the first time, geez, for four years, gas was like a $1.95. Remember when Obama first got elected in his first months of office? Gas probably just skyrocketed. Finally, just we gained energy now, yeah. independence. Exactly. I mean, wasn't it insane that for eight years the Obama-Biden administration had to Cower to our enemies and rely on our enemies for energy. For energy, yeah, and, remember, that's and, and
2: remember the liberals? The liberals would be crying all the time about Bush. They're all hated Bush, saying, "Oh, the only reason why we're in Iraq is it's a, a, a war for oil. We're killing people, including children, for uh, a war for you know war for oil." But they're putting us back in the same uh, position that we were during the Bush administration.
3: If not even worse, because they're just emboldening Russia, emboldening Iran, and emboldening North Korea. You combine those three, they have the capability of creating World War III, which is a scary thought, but it's a scary reality. So I would say even worse than that, because now that just has emboldened Iran, Russia, and, and North Korea, who, uh, and, and China. I forgot. I could never forget China. I mean those are our biggest enemies right now that currently face us. Kind of a scary prospect because if you combine all those countries together, we may have the strongest military in the world. But you combine the arsenal and the nuclear arsenal that China, North Korea, Iran, and Russia has, they could, they could wipe us
5: off the face of the earth.
3: It's scary.
2: I, I, I bet, I, I bet, yeah, they could, and, it would have, and we would have to go nuclear to defend ourselves. We and the thing is, is you, have the, chi- you have the chi- you have you have you have Chinese who are working diligently and a lot quicker than we are. And with Biden in, it's not going to be any better. They're working on weaponizing space. That's why it's so important for us to you know have the space force. Where you know where you had Jen Pataki you know, making fun of the space force. Now, of course, she stepped back on it. But that's why I don't like, as I said earlier, people backing up because she meant what she said but she got caught with her skirt down, and so, uh, you know, and then she had to backtrack, you know, and pull up her panties and be like, oops, I didn't, like, you know, I didn't mean to expose myself, you know, <laughs> so that, you know.
3: Exactly. So
2: that's why I don't like, I don't I don't like to see people backpedaling because, you know, when you said it, you probably meant it. Um, now, Correct. we only got about Correct. 20 minutes left, unbelievable, uh, in tonight's show uh, honoring, you know, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, tonight and um, so then the last uh, so of course we will do closing comments and we'll have the you know my, my, my closing thoughts uh, you know as well and opening that up I would say about uh, about 10 minutes you know we'll have to, to close things up I got one more audio I want to play it's only 30 seconds um, but it is uh, you know an audio that uh, I'll probably play in the next uh, 5 to 10 minutes it's only a thirty-second clip, but I do want to have make comment on it because uh, it is how I I wanted to uh, you know end the show tonight. I mean, we'll have my my closing song. get so it helps me again chill after the um, you know you know a show because I'm always pumped up after a show. Um, but I do want to you know want to play that, and so you know we I did get a message from Kelly. Uh, Kelly actually dozed off, um, and Kelly, if you listen to the archive. Set an alarm. Uh, <laughs> because I actually took, It was an exhausting day for me, so I even took a little nap, actually, prior to the show, too. But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I was woken up. <laughs> so, um, but that's why we didn't hear from Kelly. Hopefully Suzette's okay. We haven't heard from Suzette today. But, again, you know, a lot of people, when, when they have sad days like today, I mean, that's why I think, you know, when I mentioned earlier, because it is hard to fill two hours on a show, three hours on a show, And and when they said, you know, Rush made it look easy, I could tell you from experience, it's not. You know, especially when, again, I think it was uh, it was the Wednesday after the uh, the sixth. So I think it was the seventh of uh, of January. It was was shortly after, you know, the sixth. And there really wasn't, uh, you know, people were down, people were distraught. And so you know, what happened is that not really many very and I think you had something going on yourself, uh, Joseph. So I think I think Suzanne was actually the only one who called in that night and and but for the most part I probably had two hours worth of time that I had to uh you know, I had to fill. <laughs> and for someone who doesn't uh do show prep to fill two hours of, of, of programming by myself, I mean I got plenty of stuff but I don't you know, i will just I, I just not, I'm not used to uh, doing that on myself and, and then trying to do that um, that evening. I mean, I know, and I, and I remember how it was in, when the show very first started. I mean, I remember when I first started the show, you know, I'd have like four people listening to one episode.
5: <laughs>
2: so, um, you know, so, and then I would be the only one trying to talk for, you know, a couple hours or this or that. But uh, when I, when I first began Bard's Logic, but uh, – so I know how difficult – I know how difficult it could be. And, I mean, he did it, you know, day in and day out. Uh, so definitely give give kudos on that. Um, but, yeah, Absolutely. where to
3: go? You never have a problem with people calling in. As a matter of fact, you always have a lot of people who call in. Like I said, I think today is just one of those days where uh, people are mourning, and when you're mourning, it's kind of hard yeah. to – think or talk or you're just not in the mood to really talk and I think that's just one of those days of what just what, what happened because if anything is the opposite you get a lot of people always calling in on the show and our panelists nine out of ten are always on the on, on the show every week uh, unless something right. comes up so yeah um, actually this is the first time I've ever done a show with just you and I on it um, except for that wonderful caller who called in so that was awesome that he called in
2: yeah so, yeah yeah, we've had a, we I mean we did have someone in the chat tonight. We had a we had some other callers in the queue. They they were just listening, that they, they didn't uh chime in uh to talking again. I mean, I understand, I mean um I mean I've had days where, you know, I didn't wanna you know, feel feel up to it as well. Uh like if I had something going on in the family and, and this again, as I said earlier, I do feel like, you know, you know, a, a loss here with Rush and But I felt at at this point that you know all the shows are archived, and you know one of these days I'll I'll want to download, you know, I'll download the episode myself. I got so many I gotta get caught up on, but um, you know, download this episode myself and and, and have this for my own self as well um, as a you know as a as a keepsake, and you know I I, I wanted to get it out there again the, the honor. I think, you know, Trump, gosh, I'm sorry to say it, keep saying Trump, but Rush, um, you know, Rush did have, and we, we talked about Trump so much lately, so I'm, I'm sure that's it. But, uh, and really, because I don't, I don't, I mean, because I didn't talk, as you probably noticed in the, the years I've done it, I don't talk about other talk show hosts, you know, on, on the radio. I don't talk about, oh, well, Rush said this all the time, or Hannity said that, or, or Tucker Carlson, or, or, or some other, you know, podcast host or other host. I don't really do that uh, you know, very often on the show um, or even bring up their material because that's their material. I'd rather have you no, know our that. own material uh, on Bart's exactly. logic. I can attest um, that. Yeah, you know, so uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. And then um, – Sure. You know, and, and, you know, so with – so again, you know, with, with, with Rush being on, I, I wanted to – because it did have a, a – a, <laughs> He did have a big – so I'm getting choked up again. He um, did have a big impact on my life because I am realizing, uh, you know, I mean, how much of an impact he's had on my life. And, I mean, and, and I've been thinking about it, you know, ever since he was diagnosed, you know. Oh, my God, what's, what's the world going to be like without Rush? And, and and now we're in that reality. Uh, now we're there. Um, and I know, um, you know, like, like, like today, I mean, they uh, – on his program today, they were doing like a best of, and they were doing like a you know a best of show from him, you know, have his voice on there. And I'll be honest with you, uh, Joseph, I um I couldn't even listen to it. I had to turn it off. I was uh, at my lunch uh, break from work, and uh, I took one bite of my sandwich that I made for lunch. I couldn't eat anymore. So, I mean, that's when I found I found out right before lunch. Like I was literally clocking out. Uh, for my lunch break from work, and I get a pop-up on my phone, you know, with a news break about Rush, and you know, so I, I you know, stammered over to uh, to the kitchen from my, my, the office here. Literally, frankly, to be honest, literally in tears um from the news. You know, walked in the kitchen, you know, you know, tears coming down. You know, making my lunch, and then you know I sit down on my couch, and uh, you know I take a bite of the sandwich, and and that's it. I and then I had a glass. I, I did drink a glass of uh, tomato juice, <laughs> so I did finish my tomato juice. Um, but yeah, I co- I mean, I couldn't even finish my my lunch, and I you know I you know I I spent a good like spent. I have a forty-five minute lunch, and I spent a good portion of it. If you know the vast majority of it. You know, in deep mourning, uh, you know, you know, for the loss, and here it is. Um, so, and, and, and again, it you know, you know, it I don't just do this on the show. <laughs>
3: Of course, no, and it, and it caught us all by surprise. I mean, he, we knew he he was battling for with cancer for a year, but you just don't prepare yourself until it really happens even when it happens, you're just not prepared. You're caught off guard. And, uh, you know, when, when you know someone is going to die versus someone who just dies unexpectedly without any warning, you try to prepare yourself mentally for that. But I don't think you really can. Or you try to tell yourself how it will think or react when it happens. But I don't think you really can. And, and when it really does hit you, it's like, like you mentioned, you you never would have thought that it would have impacted you to feel that he was more of a loss than your uncle, and he, and, and that was your own family. So I don't think you really know. I, I think you try to run different ideas in your mind of how you might react or how you might have come to terms with it. But I really think you just don't know until it actually just happens, and I think that's what happened to a lot of people today. We knew it was the inevitability, but we weren't ready for it to happen today, so I think it caught you, myself, and millions of other people off guard. I'm sure you were not the only person who lost their appetite today. I mean no one was expecting well, and, to and all, you know wake up and also
2: with i mean with us, you know, as you stated, you know kind of had that figure that you know it was inevitable, and even rush, I think conceded that knowing that, you know, he was, you know, literally uh, just extending his time, uh, especially with that episode that he had where he said, you know, I'd never seen this diagnosis as a a death sentence until today. Um, And when I heard him say that, I knew he knew that it was only a matter of time, that there really wasn't a recovery from it. But even that being said, and even after he said that, um, I I guess I still had hopes that he would recover. And then you'd hear him on the radio, and he'd be as strong as ever. You know, I mean, you could hear a little bit in his voice, but not to the point where you you still couldn't hear the power uh, behind his words. Um, So it kind of gave you that, that at least for me, it kind of gave me a sense that, wow, Rush, Rush could come out of this. Rush could come out of this. Um, no, again, when it's been, it was getting, you know, a while where the, the guest host was like, well, you know, he's going to try to come back in the next couple of days. He's going to try to come back in the next couple of days. And then he hasn't, you know, again, it did give me more of an inkling that he, um, you know, that it w- wouldn't happen. But again, it's just stated, yeah, true, that um, it's uh, it's more a surprise because, one, I mean, I was still hoping he'd recover, even though, you know, he even kind of knew it wasn't just a amount of time. And I was worried about the results of the election actually affecting him, Um, you know, as a, you know, kind of bringing him down, bringing his spirits down because, you know, you know, knowing it was stolen and then, um, and working so hard. Uh, But I do see, um, we we are kind of running out of time. I only got about seven minutes here. So I got, uh, I want to play this audio Again, it's only a 30-second audio, uh, but then I want to get our thoughts there, get our closing comments, and then I'll uh, close things out as we do. And the next week uh, – next week, the fight – the, today's the day of um, mourning. I know we want to celebrate more of uh, Trump's victory uh, with his acquittal, but you know maybe we'll do that more next week. Um, and we did a little bit here, but maybe more next week, and then, of course, it's time to get back to work because um, you know, especially like – You know, getting making sure that, you know, there we can have elections we can trust. And we definitely want to focus on that. And I do want to get, uh, you know, try to get some people, uh, guests on here who are going to be uh, primarying out some of these Republicans. But here's the uh, audio uh, folks here who are familiar with me, familiar with the show, know how much of a big Star Trek fan I am. Um, And and this clip comes from uh, Star Trek The Wrath of Khan. Uh, when uh captain kirk's uh very good friend and um doctor mccoy's very good friend uh spock passes away uh in the uh show and and, and this clip always really you know and again i'm, I'm I, you know i don't i don't do a lot of emotionalism here on bard's logic uh, and that's on purpose um but th- this is definitely uh a clip that, you know, even when I'm watching the movie still and I've watched the movie many, many times, it still kind of, you know, gets me, if you know what I mean. Um uh to to hear this. And so I, I and I you know, I, I immediately thought of this clip um when I thought about doing the honoring, you know, Rush Tonight. Um and so I thought of this clip but I thought this was definitely something a um that was appropriate. So we only have a couple minutes to Literally, maybe a minute. Uh, I hate the time going so fast. Um, to make some comments on it, but here we go.
1: He's really not dead. As long as we remember it. It's a far, far better thing I do than I.
9: better resting place I
2: go to than I've ever known. Again, just a short clip there. Um, And that's one thing that hopefully is going to give me solace is uh, you know when he states uh, he's really not dead as long as we remember him. So as long as we have uh, Rush in our our hearts and our minds and, and we do have audio of him and we'll never be able to you know hear from him uh directly again you know um you know new words new thoughts but we'll we'll still have that so he's he's n- he's not ever gonna be really you know dead and gone as long as we' remember him and we know he'll forever be remembered um and then the last part is you know hopefully he's fought he fought for us he fought for America um I think you know again if, if there is a heaven that's the the last part you know far better place that I've come to than I've ever known. Um, So, maybe that's a reference to where, you know, Rush is
3: now. Um,
2: Sorry about that, but uh, go ahead, Joseph.
3: I just want to say, Rush, I know you're at the pearly gates of heaven. You don't have to suffer anymore, but your spirit will live on. You may no longer be in human form on this earth, but your internal soul shall forever live on in our hearts, in our, in our minds, and our souls. And your legacy shall be eternal. And your spirit and your everlasting memory shall be eternal. And uh, Rush, you'll never be forgotten. I love you. Your listeners love you. And I'm glad you're finally at that resting place where you don't have to suffer anymore, but you will never be forgotten. And Robert, it's been an honor to be on this show, especially on this one for the tribute for uh, for Rush. And I look forward to being back on next week. Uh, may you stay safe and continue to stay safe, Robert. You uh, and your family are always in my thoughts and my prayers, and so are Suzette's and Kelly's and Dr. Tolberg. Uh, and everyone else who contributes to this show, they're always in my prayers and my thoughts. And I hope you have an awesome early morning, at least early morning on the East Coast where we're at. And uh, look forward to uh, coming on next week, as always. Take care, my friend.
2: Thank you very much. I know I certainly appreciate it from you and everyone. And, yes, um, and we'll be back next week uh, and throughout the week to uh, – in honor for us to fight the good fight and, and continue his fight. It's his turn to rest, and it's our turn to continue to fight uh, with him and for him. And we'll end, uh, end tonight with the normal song tonight, and I do appreciate it, folks. And we will see you next time. Good night. Mm-hmm.